All right, get ready for the final show of January 2024. How did we get through the first month already? I just got here. Good Lord. Anyway, welcome, everybody. Uh, we had scheduled Tracy Slepsevic, but she's heading to the Autism uh, Health Summit, where, where we're going later, tomorrow, I think. Uh, that's in San Antonio. So she can't make it. So Super Don and I are going to go on, and then we find out maybe Jeffrey Smith and Michelle Perrow are available. So it could be a wild and woolly show. Crazy stuff happening. I know what I want to cover, but we'll cover it all, including a homeopathic hit related to your heart and detox dialogues continue yeah we got a detox dialogue coming up too y'all check it out at robertscabell.com slash listen see in the chat room please say hi and say hey where you're watching or listening from if you're joining us live if it's later no cheap seats at the robert scabell show nosebleed seats we got homeopathic phosphorus for you so you're okay so thanks for being here let's crank it up for health freedom and healing liberty right about now Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. Seriously, where where has January gone? The last day of January 2024. We just we just arrived. The, is this a quickening? Is this a you know a speed up? What the heck is happening? Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Wednesday edition, middle of the week as we end January, head into February, getting ready to go to the Autism Health Summit. Tracy Slepsevic will be on the way there right now. In fact, so uh, uh, we'll uh, see what kind of adventures we have once we're there, live broadcasts and lots of interviews, as well as uh, my presentation and many others. If you haven't checked out the upcoming events tab at robertsgadbell.com. We have uh, a lot of uh, stories to cover. I just want to let you know, as you saw that Cardio Miracle uh, mention going in, uh, you know, one of the gifts to mom, of course, was a big tub of Cardio Miracle for her 90th birthday. And I called her this morning. I said, mom, did you remember to take it? And I was like, Sometimes you got it at 90. You could call them. You could call them and say, hey, mom, did you take your stuff? <laughs> and she got her folium going in her as well as the cardio miracle so she can keep dancing into her 90s now, uh, which is great. Uh, by the way, the uh, max out challenge, the child challenge, max out challenge, which is where you do every round full on and you count the reps. Uh, uh, Super Don, you'll be happy to know I didn't win. I took second place this time. And uh, I'm okay with that because Kiki beat me. Those of you know, I talked about she's a beast. She's amazing. Um, but I think where I lost this time, just so you know, it was the rhythm on the speed bag because I only got like to 487 in three minutes or something. Usually I can get between 500 and 600 hits when I'm on. And so I lost I, just about 30 uh, reps and I could have, I could have done it, but it's okay. I could have been a contender. <laughs> uh, but feeling good, had a good workout this morning and uh, raring to go again as we bring this broadcast healing episode to you, wherever you are, live or later, whether you're on Rumble now or whether you're uh, in the, uh, you know, the various chat rooms, uh, including at our website at robertscabell.com slash listen. Please say hello. Let us know what's going on, where you are at. All right, Super Don, I got to check in with you early. I apologize. I'm getting a, a text from, uh, uh, let's see, uh, but no one sent a confirmation. We're not there, apparently. Yeah, um, that whole thing about Jeffrey Smith and, and Michelle Perrow, we just learned moments ago that they thought they were on and then they weren't. And 
Uh, our buddy Kev says he screwed up. I was like, he normally doesn't, but apparently something happened. Wires so, got crossed. Yeah. yeah. So I'll roll with it, whatever, whichever way we go today. We've got a lot of good articles. It could be you, me, you and me, Super D, and, and anybody out there that wants to chime in on anything or leave a voicemail message or questions of the day, comments of the day. I do have an interesting thing coming up after this show. Um, you know, our bud, good buddy Laban Ditchburn, so connected to people all over the world, including back home in Australia, where they had been for years before I met uh, Laban and Anna. And uh, there's a young man. I'm going to talk to him and his family after the show today who's been diagnosed with, uh, uh, you know, neuromuscular degenerative disorder, ALS, in his 20s. And, you know, part of part of what we're going to discuss is, the, you know, the impact uh, of glyphosate, the impact of other heavy metals and other things on um, uh, normal neuromuscular function because as 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 much as we know about ALS and have heard about it for years it was more or less considered to someone that was in their aging years or later on in life not young people and what we've seen is more and more young people succumbing to various things including this is not new for me maybe some of you but seeing women in their 20s sometimes even late teens with MS diagnoses a lot of neurological degradation diseases earlier and earlier and earlier. And yet, you know, my mom at 90, other than, you know, the fact that she's, I, my mind is not the same as once was, well, let's face it, whose is? You know, I say, I can't remember things from day to day. Sometimes I'm on this show, Super Don, and I forget <laughs> the names of people. I'm like, dude. Who did it? we have on yesterday? Right. Uh, or, uh, we move on very quickly. Yes. And so I, I just got to give everybody a little bit of leeway in that realm. And I said, you know, sometimes you just got to write down things when you think about them. And, and utilize that as a technique to practice and get that memory stronger. It's just like anything, a muscle to use. Uh, so that's another consideration as we go through our, uh, our days here, weeks, months, and eight, you know, 25 years in, dude, I've been thinking about all those years, 30 years as a homeopath. It's like, where's that time gone? Yep. You know, you're a grandpa. I am. Yeah. Well, and I know 25 for you, 19 for me. Jeez. And I think about that. And, yeah. and for me personally, it's just like 19 years. Hey, had you ever been at a job that long? No. Prior to that? No. No, my, uh, I think my record was, was like seven, maybe 2000. Yeah. Um, wow. So, and I'd, I'd been at, let's see, I was at TRN and I, I went from 2005 to 2011. So that'd be five six years yeah so <clears throat> yeah it's just crazy i mean that's a long that's a lot of years uh, to just go by and to look at and go wow that was fast yeah i'm just thinking uh, of this month january of 2024 like where it went i'm like we just we just arrived in the new year and and here we are moving on to february almost to so, say you know groundhog day coming up so it's just wild just wild so let me just see. We might have Jeffrey Smith on. I don't know if he, if he can show up last minute, but again, I always love talking to Jeffrey. Anytime I can get him on, even if it's not planned for, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Let, me, let me open with this article here uh, for Brownstone Institute. It's written by a medical doctor, yes, an MD by the name of Clayton J. Baker. And it just came out yesterday, an opinion piece. And it says medicine has been fully militarized. And this thing pulls no punches. You know, sometimes when I talk with uh, Super D about this stuff, he, he'll soft pedal it or he'll play the skeptic 
positions like, oh, it's not that bad. And, you know, you're, you're just a little overreacting. I'm like, dude, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm accused now of going too easy on, uh, you know, the medical profession, much less it as a medical industrial complex. And, you know, it's not me just trying to make friends uh, because I, I'm pretty easy going and I can make friends easy with people of good heart, good integrity. But if if they're deceptive, if they're uh, dominating authoritarians, it's hard to be friends with people like that. Uh, so I, I don't lose sleep over the fact that I can't please everybody. I mean, there are folks that don't like me. Yeah, I know. Look at me. Who would not like me? <laughs> it just happens. But if you look at this industry, you know, I've been speaking out for the doctors that are trapped in it, too. It's not me yelling, you know, all doctors are bad or all this or all that. You know, it's, it's like the two words, never and always. You know, the, be careful when you say that because you really can't. It's hard to back that up. Never, always. So there's always here as I use the word <laughs> right away, I'm going to violate it and try to use it anyway. Always an exception to the rule. How about that one? <clears throat> when it comes to those that may have a perception that all doctors are bad. And, and there's certainly some, even the nursing community looking around and going, man, I didn't meet many good doctors in my time as a nurse, just for instance, uh, not to say that they aren't there. And we've seen them emerge more than ever during or after COVID. And, and this is kind of the, the, you know, the statement that this doctor makes about uh, this military industrial complex that is really the medical industrial complex. He talks about Eisenhower's farewell speech. And he says, as a physician, he's embarrassed to admit that until COVID, he only possessed an inkling that this was so, or more accurately, he knew it, but didn't realize how bad it was. And he didn't worry about it too much. So this is the kind of thing as I've been on the air now, it's my 25th year talking about medicine as war, warfare. And yeah, many times I've been accused of, of exaggerating or just, I don't know what I'm talking about. Who are you? You're a homeopath. What do you know? That kind of thing. It turns out once again, I was right. Now it's not just me. There are many people that came before me to point these things out. I just happened to be a, a very vociferous mouthpiece to speak out about the things that I began to become aware of in my young life. And so as these doctors are increasingly becoming employees following protocols. It's like they are robots for the pharmaceutical industrial complex. And that's why I call it a medical degree. It doesn't mean that doctors aren't smart. They didn't achieve stuff to get through medical school and graduate, but in much of their ability or capacity to graduate, it wasn't so much a mental construct of just rote memorization and spitting things out, but it was about saluting like you're in the military to the authoritarians above you and just doing as you're told and and don't question the things that would normally give rise to questions in you why are we doing it that way why are we you know that kind of question is like that's drummed out of you know if you made it through medical school now you're in you know grand rounds or whatever you want to call it during your uh, uh latter years you're it's man you will be drummed out if you if you poke your head up and go, hey, there's something wrong here. This doesn't make sense. And that will not lead to a long career in medicine, especially when you come out of medical school with tens of thousands to sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And they have you. Now, 
This doctor who wrote this, and it's linked up in the show notes today at robertscabell.com, January 31st, 2024. By early, mid to 2020, mid 2020, uh, it became obvious, according to this doctor, for those paying attention that the COVID response, while promoted as a medical initiative, was in fact a military operation. Martial law had effectively been declared approximately on the Ides of March 2020 after President Trump was mysteriously convinced to cede the COVID response and practically speaking, control of the nation to the National Security Council, civil liberties, freedom of assembly, worship, the right to travel, to earn one's living, to pursue one's education, to obtain legal relief were all rendered null and void. Yeah, and this is where we go. Look, I could look at Trump and go, he's far superior. It's not even a close contest to Biden and what he's done. But that doesn't mean Trump is without serious faults. And that particular one where he gave up on maybe his own intuition, his gut, and just laid it out and said, you know, you guys are the authorities. I'm going to turn it over to you or else. And, you know, he was threatened. He was anything like that. But at some point, do you have to stand up to bullies? I think so. And in that case, Trump didn't stand up to bullies like Fauci or others that were pulling his strings. Why? I don't know. I, I mean, we can certainly speculate on it, but, th- you know, that's a big what we call a strike against that presidency, his presidency, even though it was the tail end at that point of where this was all going. The military industrial complex has nothing on the me- medical one. In fact, the medical one pretty much owns and controls the military one, as I've described, the people going into the uh, various armed forces, including the Coast Guard, have been subjected to heinous medical experiments without exemption, without exception. And those are crimes, constitutional and otherwise. And so when this doctor asks, how did this happen to medicine? He says, it it all seems so sudden, but in fact, it had been in the works for years. Public health. Public health. Uh, An oxymoron in reality. There's no such thing as public health in reality. It's your health or my health or nobody's. But it collectivized the idea that one size fits all. And that we can make blanket rules of shutdowns, lockdowns, mask wearing, injections, drugs or no drugs, etc., And that we would accept that because we were so afraid of the invisible boogeyman, a.k.a. a virus, gain of function or otherwise. Really a biotoxin, if you want to argue that has been bioengineered, viruses controversial as they are, and they are. What are they in reality? Are they, you know, non-living entities that go into your, 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 you know, cells and steal your DNA or RNA and spew out replicant copies? Is that what they are? Have they ever been caught in the act of doing that? Or are we talking about biotoxins, dysregulation of the cells? Diminishment of access to minerals like selenium to protect our cell integrity and all of its functions. Diminishment of other minerals like copper manifesting as any number of symptoms that mimic what they want to claim is a viral disease or infection. But the fear of the germ, as I've said many times over the many years, I can say that now that I've been doing this 30 years as homeopath. The fear of the germ was the vulnerability they exploited to destroy, if they could, what was left of freedom-loving Americans or 
freedom-loving people of the Western world that believe to some degree in basic freedoms, even though the United States government, as it was founded under the Declaration of Independence, originally the Articles of Confederation, then the Constitution, the first and only government that I'm aware of on planet Earth that acknowledged the government was formed not to dominate and tell you what to do, the people, but to protect the liberties, the fundamental freedoms of the people who have rights that pre-exist the creation of government. For the first time, the, the sovereignty was not with emperors and kings and queens, but with each individual. And I don't mean individual as defined under the Internal Revenue Code, because that's like a corporation, an artificial creation of the state. They manipulate language so well that you don't even know who you are, what you are, when you use language that they have purposely uh, muddied up so that you will be deceived into using that and trap yourself in a prison cell, not of your own making, except ignorantly cooperating with. Kind of like the uh, the development of socialism. People say, oh, I would never believe in socialism. I think that's anti-Christian even, you know, if you really get down to it, the freedom uh, of, of the individual. The divine right of kings placed in each of us as creations of that which is most holy and powerful in God. And if you want to convince somebody who is free and enjoys their freedom to not be free, it's not so easy. But the way to do it long term is to slowly erode those freedoms, that autonomy, that independent spirit by giving things away for free. Despite mom and dad and grandma and grandpa telling you there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, you fell for it. It's free. Oh, it's free. It's a gift. It's a gift. They keep giving you this stuff, entitlements, et cetera. And the way they do that for animals, you want to capture an animal without having to engage in violent behavior that could risk your own life. Simply place some food in the wild in an area where you know that the, you know, the, the, the animals that you want to get like that food, they begin to come there. Put one side of a fence up, keep putting the food there. They look at the fence, like, eh, and they keep doing it. Put another side of the fence up, keep doing it. Put another side of the fence up. Finally, full uh, the fourth side of the fence with a big gate. Put it in there. They're going to keep on coming and then th close the gate behind them. No, it's not instantaneous. You're working over time. But that's what these socialist, globalist, authoritarian communists do. They look at the long view. If they're not going to get your parents or grandparents, they're going to get you. If they're not going to get you, they're going to get your kids or their kids. By what? Deceiving them into believing there is such a thing as a free lunch and the government can provide it. Or that medicine can provide it. It's like a get out of jail free card. You can eat whatever you want. You can not exercise. You can drink polluted, chemically intoxicated water with chlorine and fluoride. You can eat GMO foods and you can eat oatmeal with glyphosate sprayed on it and no consequence. Oh, I'm sorry. You have a symptom? Come on. Come right in. I'm a doctor. I can take that away from you. Here's a prescription for a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. Oh, it's really intense. How about a steroidal drug? You've got an infection. Here's an antibiotic. It's a form of chemo. It'll kill the infection. You're going to go on your way and you're like, oh, I'm great. It's gone. In the meantime, you create 10, 15, 20, 30 other symptoms. You have moved farther and farther away from being able to be independent at any age, least of all our elder years. And I bring up my mom as an example at 90, who pretty much eschewed much of modern medicine and, uh, you know, is still dancing. Why do I say the most dangerous thing you can have in America is really good medical insurance? Read this article about the militarization of modern medicine. You begin to understand. It was designed at least since 1910, arguably before that, 
when they founded the American Medical Association in 1847, three years after the founding of the American Institute of Homeopathy. It was always designed to be an authoritarian monopoly that would dictate to you what is legitimate and what is not. To discredit things like homeopathic medicine, naturopathic medicine, chiropractic medicine, herbal medicine, you name it. So that they would basically be granted a special status, an elite elevated status of demigods. That's why I again I call it a medical degree, because, it, you know, once you get there, you're coasting for the most part. Now, if this is offensive to doctors, then you're the doctors I'm talking about right now. If you're not offended, you know what I'm talking about. Like this doctor going, yeah, we lost our way. Do you need a monopoly to practice act to be a doctor or can you hang a shingle as a medical doctor? Cause you've achieved high levels of education. You got your degree. You might even got board certification. Do you need a license that mandates exclusivity or are you good enough to handle the competition from naturopaths, herbalists, chiropractors, homeopaths, or maybe even engage in cooperative assistance of each other and going, you know what? I'm good at this. You're good at that. Let's come together and help e- help each other and help everybody that wants to, Wow. Spirit of cooperation and freedom. You mean not top down coercion, authoritarianism, right? These are concepts that ask for spiritual maturity of which there is not much in the allopathic realm and those who avail themselves of it, who believe that they can live a debauched life. And at the last minute show up like, you know, not to offend anybody, but Jesus appears in a syringe and you're magically saved that concept of a medical savior or a political savior. Now, I'm not denigrating anybody's spiritual beliefs. That's not my intent. It's just an analogy to look at. We're misapplying that concept into various other areas of life where we deify people that are human and fallible, just like we all are. And we exalt them to say, well, you can, you can do this because you're a doctor. And granted at any point in time, the spirit Divine Spirit, Holy Spirit can be utilized, utilize any of us to facilitate miraculous healings. I don't dispute that. But as a system, does God need medical authoritarianism and monopoly to deliver healing to people? Quite the opposite. The most humble among us, homeless person, janitor in a gym, whatever, could be the most gifted healer at any moment of time or forever in time if they decide to dedicate their life that way. You can be a conduit for healing and you don't have to have a degree. But again, we have degraded into this belief system that it's only the mental construct that we achieve high mental capacity that we can become the quote unquote healer, a.k.a. doctor, which, by the way, the true origin of the word said it many times. Y'all know it. It's teacher. Doctor is a teacher, not someone who does it for you but teaches you how to do it for yourself if they know how to do it for themselves. And that's why I implore you to ask your doctor how often he or she has a bowel movement every day. And if it's fewer times than you, you might want to find a different doctor because I don't need to say any more, do I? Anyway, the militarization of medicine, the doctors are waking up to realize that I wasn't making it up. I wasn't spewing hatred and anger. Yeah, granted, I've been disgusted and angry from uh, disgusted and angry from time to time over what I've learned over the years, considering how much I went through as a young boy to a young man, putting my body in the in the hands of modern medicine and finding it was only making me weaker and sicker and less energetic. Degrading me to a time where I would inevitably manifest cancer, likely in my 40s, which is, you know, last decade for me. And I wouldn't have made it to to do this. Because 
the things they do, even if they mean well, poison your body, intoxicate your body, deplete your body of vital force and essential nutrients and minerals that you're using to protect yourself from the very medicines that they prescribe because they have exalted licensed status to be exclusive providers, purveyors, and distributors through the pen and the prescription pad or now electronically to give you that which you have no deficiency in toxic poisons. We have an abundance of toxic poisons. And now the FDA approved variety is the third, second or first leading cause of death. And we still look to them for the answers, even after they screwed it up so badly in COVID. Look, the docs that are out there with integrity recognize the, the failings of their own system, much less uh, the limitations of the knowledge that they have from their training. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean that they can't help you, but in integrity and honesty and self-effacing, looking in the mirror, you go, all right, this is what I know. This is what I don't know. And this is where we have friends and colleagues within all branches, if you can call them, of medicine that have that level of integrity, willingness to acknowledge the things they don't know, the things they do, and their willingness to work, reach across the proverbial aisles. And there are many to all kinds of healers that preexisted the allopathic medical monopoly are being so enamored with technological advancements has really been a detriment overall. Yes, it's helped in some ways. I acknowledge improvements in certain things. I'm a, a bit of a, you know, I can geek out on technology like anybody. But where it violates our fundamental freedoms and degrades us by distancing us from the heart of our true essence, and I would call that spiritual, that's where it becomes problematic. Everybody's got to determine what that is for themselves. But I will point out now something going on in Israel. Oh, I'm not going to get into the war stuff. That's a no-win scenario because, as I said, there are no clean hands ultimately, and I'm not going to get in the middle of that other than to acknowledge that if I were there, I would be fighting for my country if I was an Israeli, as you would too, much less if you were something else, you'd be fighting. And you're, yeah, this is the, the nature of reality. And we never seem to find a way to get along and live together in harmony, even if we have disagreements, because there are always somebody, you know, wanting to put the jar, put you in there with the enemy that you normally, eh, you find a way to work with and hang out with and now shake it up and make you believe that each other is the worst of the worst of the worst. We're all being manipulated in that way. And that's not to say there aren't harsh realities of people trying to kill you that you shouldn't defend yourself from. You should, but do discussing it it's very hard to get anywhere. I acknowledge that. That's why as much as I'd like to be able to solve it and think I could, I'm not delusional enough to believe that I could except to inspire each individual who listens to this show, perhaps to do greater things, inspire you to your true calling, your true nature, which I believe is probably beyond harming and hurting and killing other people other than if you had to defend your own life or the life of your family or friends, et cetera. So I want to uh, mention the story out of Israel. Um, it's not a great one, but it's not as bad as some of the stuff we're hearing. Uh, Israel becomes the first country to approve the sale of lab-cultured meat. Rehovot-based food tech company Aleph Farms, Aleph Farms says it will now be able to sell steak grown from cow cells, synthetically grown cow cells into steak. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Where is that, I would argue, the spiritual consciousness to go, you know what? As things were created on this planet, we should honor that, work with that, rather than going, you know what, I, I think I'm, I'm like, I could do like God does, but better. And I'll synthesize this in a lab and, and sell it out with un, unintended consequences or perhaps intended, depending, you know. And 
this is not an accusation of all the people of Israel. I've been there a number of times over the years, got family there. And yet the disappointment I have there is that they have overwhelmingly supported the advancement of science and technology at, I believe, a very high cost, the abandonment of just because you can, should you? Yeah, no, no, look, they've they've made advances in the world. Like uh, Mishulam, Dr. Mishulam has done incredible scientific work on the study of cannabis, hemp, CBD, et cetera, and THC as well. I'm not throwing everything out. I'm just saying that this, and I, honestly, I don't know the response to the the public of the public in Israel. Is this going to be a, a major blockbuster new thing? Are people into it? I don't know. But the fact that the government goes, yep, yeah, thumbs up, you can do this, causes me to pause and go, you know what? You've lost your way. On this front, I will just say, you've lost your way. I can't endorse that, can't support it. As much as I like science, there are certain things I'll go, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not going there. I'm not going down that road. So y'all let me know if you, people of Israel, if you're listening to the, the Robert Scott Bell Show, I know you got a lot of things on your mind, a lot of things going on, but what do you think of lab-grown meat? We used to call it shmeat sheets of meat that they would engineer in a lab. <sighs> All right. Let me uh, pause here and bring Super Don into the mix. Uh, see what's going on out there. If we have any uh, 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 input, output, throughput, <laughs> whatever's going on where you are, Super D. Uh, cranked it up about 30 <laughs> minutes in. I can pause, can't I? Uh, yeah. You know, we've got, we've got uh, full rain and and uh, uh, creative license on the show today because uh, we don't have a guest. Okay, yeah, we threw it out there just in case, but uh, uh, no no official guest schedule unless they happen to show up out of the blue. So I wonder, is lab-grown meat kosher? Yeah. Is it enough for a rabbi to pray over it? I don't know. Kosher lab instruments? I don't know. I See, this is where I could get into trouble from orthodox, whatever the religion is, people that are fundamentalist in their beliefs. And I say, you know, I wish they'd rewrite the kosher laws to include, or let's say addendums, to include uh, opposition to eating meat grown in a lab. How about that? Or genetically engineered, uh, you know, foodstuffs or pesticide-laden, herbicide-laden, glyphosate-laden. I mean, these things are not spelled out. Some people might go back and go, I'll interpret it, and I think they meant it that way, too. I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of arguments about that. But at the risk of blasphemy for some, I still believe that the kosher laws are not updated enough to encounter the very dangerous food that is not food that we call food today on planet Earth. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just weird stuff. We've covered the, you know, as you said, you know, stories like this, uh, they've been working on this for a while. Um, this particular situation here, uh, they, the meat apparently is grown from cells taken from fertilized eggs harvested from a premium black Angus cow named Lucy. Uh, Lucy, Lucy, the, um. They, they say that they expect to be able to grow thousands of tons of steak uh, from these these uh, these eggs that they got from Lucy the cow. Yeah. Uh, I You know, look, I, some people would argue and say, oh, well, you're just, you know, you're just being silly because. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me I'm being silly. It's, it's, I don't think so. But. It looks like meat. It tastes like meat. It's meat. Yeah. You remember that? There was a clip that I got years ago, and it was uh, it, it was about Schmidt, and that was the interviewed some guy who's like, looks like meat, tastes like meat, 
Therefore, it's meat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how they made the decision that it's meat. Yeah. Uh, common sense. Some might argue and say, well, you have no, no uh, science to prove that, that that's just paranoia. Mm-hmm. Common sense to me says that uh, – that that's not going to be good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, it's not, it's, it's the same thing. Like when, uh, and we'll actually cover something similar to this. Uh, I think it's, is it in this hour or the next hour where we've got the question of the day? Uh, let's see. I got, that's uh, in the next hour. I got a vitamin D. Yeah. yeah that's it. That's hour. it. Yeah. And basically, you know, the point that I'm making is that you know, they can synthesize something and they can say, see, it's the same. Mm-hmm. You know, if we break it down, you look at the chemical, you know, uh, the, the, the breakdowns are like, it's the same. It's just exactly yeah. the same. There's nothing different. Yeah. I just can't imagine how if you if you grew it in a lab, meat mm-hmm. in a lab, and you ate it, that the body is going to recognize that and digest it the same, and it's going to have the same nutritional benefits and stuff because it's not real. How many times do we have to sit here and mm-hmm. think that we can replicate nature? Yeah. And, and get it wrong. And and we still try and do it. Now, yeah. is Israel, are, are they considered progressive? Because, you know, the big push behind this is animal cruelty, uh, mm. climate change, you know, yeah. uh, emissions and methane and cow farts and stuff. You know, <laughs> if, if it's in a lab, you know, they're, unless they synthesize, synthesize the farts. Well, Those are gone when you when they make. Yeah, it let's way. let's consider what it takes to make an animal, much less a human. It's not just amino acids strung together in a lab and and you know manufactured through uh, you know some kind of genetic inter- interplay interface artificially. I mean, you've got various minerals that are present. And we talk about the you know the consumption of animal products. The primary way in nature to get really rich mineral sources is if you're a carnivore is to eat the organ meats, not the muscle, which is what, you know, has become commonplace. Uh, as I talk about, you know, t- talk to grandma and grandpa when liver was a normal part or staple of the diet because they knew it contained, you know, just life sustaining nutrients. Now for those that want to say everybody should become vegetarian. Have you seen some of these arguments and Ted Nugent did it probably, you know, best in terms of, <laughs> a, a, you know, yeah. a, an entertaining way of communicating it. The grow the growing of vegetables over land, stealing the land of, you know, millions of animals has created more death and destruction and suffering of animals than, uh, yeah. you know, let's say, in animal fact, husbandry. In, 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 a- in fact, I'll paraphrase when he was he was he was on with Joe Rogan talking about this. Yeah. And ironically, his son, Ted Nugent's son, is a vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was t- he was saying that you know when you've got the combine that goes through the field to harvest the, the soy, mm-hmm. you know, to make your tofu steak. Yep. Uh, as it's going through the field, it's killing all of the animals that are in that field, the foals and the turtles and the frogs and the birds and the da-da-da, you know. And that's the reason why when these combines are going through the field that you've got the the birds and the crows and stuff like that are following behind it because it's going after the, the stuff that's getting killed as yeah. it's going through They're going to scavenge the it. The other thing is the deadliness of the uh, chemical agriculture in a lot of these, you know, soy corn, different farms that are grown genetically and, and with, with chemical pesticides and other things. These are greatly destructive downstream to other animal forms, life forms, down to the microbiological life forms that we call microbiome related uh, bacteria that are helpful and necessary for the entire balance of the ecosystem. And and so uh, the idea of vegetarianism being superior, again, it's, it's uh, controversial to say the least when you start stepping back and going, just like the idea of saving the environment by 
open pit mining for rare earth minerals so that we have battery technology instead of gas vehicles, for instance. <laughs> it's, yeah. These are the, ele- the electric vehicle batteries that, uh, you know, they can't figure out how to dispose of. The, yeah, these are yeah. the uh, controversies that really fly in the face of philosophies that are not validated when we go back to the sciences now in a good way, not a negative context. We go, all right, talk to me about the the cost, the real cost, the true cost of the various things that we do to grow and eat and things like that, whether veg- vegetarians, veganism is better. And, you know, a lot of vegans that eat a lot of, you know, processed garbage foods that aren't even organic. Uh, that's problematic. And those that have sustained themselves on animal uh, proteins, particularly, you know, the organ meats, et cetera, from humanely raised grass fed. Again, the philosophy of not killing animals is one thing, but recognizing the vegan lifestyle doesn't save animals, only certain animals. <laughs> right. So this is greatly upsetting. If you have a philosophy of, you know, do no harm, there's no way to be on earth and do no harm unless you go into a cave and die, you know, and then you're going to be food for something. Maybe you're better, but so it's a, it's a tough thing when you get into those deep spiritual philosophical discussions about how do you go through life completely harmless? I, I, I'm just thinking here, this is not a plan as we're talking about. This is good, cool stuff to talk about. You know, how do you live the karma less life, right? Where you, you don't incur debt through your life. Part of it is intent. I mean, can you walk through life and bless all life? And, uh, you know, as we go into the simplicity of some of the Native American traditions, you know, and I can say this and some will say, well, they were savages, right? But look, humanity is savage throughout the history of humanity. Who, who, who in in this day and age would, would cont- cont- uh, still refer to Indians as savages? I'm sure they're out there. Because if I were to say, for instance, that part of the philosophy of those that were in North America before we got here or our ancestors got here, right? they had an acknowledged honoring of the animals that they killed for food or for everything. They used every bit of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what What was it that they did? They, they expressed gratitude to the great spirit, what we call to God or to whatever it is, that there was an, a, a conscious acceptance of the sacrifice of another life to sustain your life in that context animals in this case right um is there a way to move through life that i i would agree and argue that there is but i know that everybody's got a different view on it everybody's got a different spiritual or religious belief about these things so i'm not here to convince anybody just to i love being able to talk about this with you super d and anybody else that wants to engage in these discussions they're kind of deep philosophical discussions that don't often happen at the at the dinner table because you know one's a vegan one's not and it's like they yell at each other it's like ah you know that's not so fun no but the same thing is we talk about the arguments that we should be having in a healthful way about viruses and not viruses to some degree super don you might say what's the point it's like flat earth versus round earth if you live on a flat earth or round earth who cares (laughs) you know is it going to change what you're doing tomorrow or today maybe maybe not i don't know but it's fun to engage with the spirit of intellectual curiosity and you know we can make yeah, fun of each it's, other it's, yeah it's mental exercise yeah. i guess uh if if you want to go there um, <laughs> not not everybody does but what is the what is the downfall if you're attached attachment you're overly attached to the outcome or overly attached to your belief then it becomes problematic when someone doesn't bend to your belief as opposed to going, you know what? That's cool. We can disagree. I still love you. Still love you. Hang out like we used to do. 
<laughs> it wasn't a big deal if we disagreed. Nope. And, and then somewhere along the way, it was like, no, no, kill them if they disagree. And then we all become fundamentalists, religious, political, or otherwise. And wherever it's coming from, I think it's bad. It's wrong. Uh, you know, that's, I don't believe that uh, God created us to hate one another. That's a deception that some would argue is more Luciferian uh, or adversarial that isn't in our true nature, but we can be deceived into adopting as our a way of life, if you will, but it's a way of often death and degeneration and destruction. Uh, so modern medicine as warfare, it's, it's military, no doubt. I, I don't have a lot of leeway there to go, oh, no, no, it's not. It's gentle. It's loving. It's like, yeah, you could have a gentle and loving doctor, but understand the allopathic methodology was born of warfare to get the, the bullet riddled soldier patched up and back on the battlefield so he can riddle somebody else with bullets. That's what it was. Now, out of that, we've had advancements in surgical procedures that are quite life-saving in circumstances that are not in war where you get hit by a car or a bus or something unusual happens. So I don't throw the, the warfaring baby out with the bathwater. We've made advancements from warfare-type medicine to apply in civilian situations. That's great. But then again, not every ailment, illness, or symptom requires surgical intervention. And surgical intervention much like antibiotics could be acknowledged to be an evidence of a failure to prevent that, which then required such a radical intervention. Yeah. In hindsight, of course. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, this yeah. this morning, super D it got me, got me rolling here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I go to the gym. One of the ladies at the gym wasn't there. And one of the other friends there, I think there was a picture that I took of, of me and these two girls that were there. Um, moms of, I don't know how many kids, unbelievable. They, uh, cool people, nice people. And one of them was out. I'm like, I wonder what happened to her. And I, and I heard one of them saying pneumonia and I, I wasn't part privy to the conversation. I just heard the word pneumonia. So I asked her, I said, did you say the word pneumonia earlier? Did I hear overhear that? She's like, yeah. Uh, she has pneumonia. That's her friend. I'm like pneumonia. Yeah. She's had it for a month. And then she finally got an antibiotic. I'm like, this annoyed me. Uh Oh, because, now you've done it. Yeah, because <laughs> you know what? Look, I'm only a partly annoyed, but the thing is, these folks know that they can call me. You got friends, you're like, please, if you need something, call me. Don't wait until you're in the hospital to call. Please let me know if I can do something to help preclude that. And I'm like, I'm going to be laying into her, and, you know, yelling in a lovely way, loving way. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. Like, dude. You know who I am, what I can do. And I hope you, you've asked me all these questions for your other friends. When it comes to you, you don't come to me until 30 days later. You have it. Now you're on an antibiotic. And, and that's not to say that I would never resort to one because, you know, the story I've told many times over the years when, um, you know, I had the, the damage, the ear damage from uh, diving injury, going deep diving, breath holding stuff. And so I had this lingering infection inflammation that would pop up from time to time, but I managed it, handled it with homeopathy, with herbs, with silver, with all the things I know to do. So I never had to resort to the chemo, right? And then at this event, it was uh, like early December in Vegas. It was, I think, the A4M event many years ago. And I went into the sauna with my friend. We went, you know, at the, what was it? The the Bellagio. I don't know. One of those nice hotels that had a really nice sauna. Went in there and it just heated my head up so much, which is why I like the relaxed sauna where my head's out. I don't like to heat my head up that much. Bad memories of this. And it started reactivating something that was situated in, in the ear. And it developed a swell, big swelling was happening within, you know, an hour to the second hour. I'm like, holy crap, this is not good. And I'm not at home. 
I don't have my remedies available to me. I'm not in my own environment. And I'm like, this is not good. It's growing. It's kind of, it's kind of an acute cellulitis in the head. That could be, could be life-threatening if you let it explode like that. So I went and I got clindamycin, an injection and then an antibiotic uh, prescription at that time. And so here I am, a homeopath. Am I a hypocrite? No, I'm telling you there's a place for modern medicine as a last resort when you have you're, more you're alive today to be able to tell the story. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I point that out for anybody that says there's never a place like I've never said that. Right. It is warfare medicine. It doesn't belong in most places, but you're glad when you use it appropriately and it's there for you. And if we don't use it appropriately, then it won't be there for you even when you need it because we've used and abused these drugs to the point they don't work. So they can't save you. So anyway, my annoyance this morning, jokingly, I mean, I, I, I really don't yell at them, but in a fun way, because we have that ban banter, all of us at the gym, I'll just say, dude, do you remember? You could have called me. We could have talked about this, could have given you some, but people do what they do. There are patterns of behavior. So I can't be totally judgy and go, how horrible that you didn't call me other than to laugh about it and make fun a little bit and go, just next time do, because I don't like seeing anybody having to resort to antibiotics that I believe are needless or needlessly, like when they didn't really need them until they did. That makes sense. Am I being outrageous and unreasonable? Probably. You think so? Yeah, I'm sure. Depends Somebody on thinks you so. Anyway. No, less. <laughs> I mean, listen. This you you've mentioned this before many times. Yeah. So and it makes sense. I mean, it's it's because sometimes people will get themselves into a lot of trouble by going. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all or nothing, right? Mm -hmm. It's a it's a, a, a 100 percent per perfection, or yeah. you've failed. Right. And that's not how life is. No, it, it can't be, you know? No, I, I think that is the, the dogmatic approach, just like as we were talking about those that have a hardcore uh, belief about vegetarian or meat eaters, right? And look, I say whatever works for you, but start clean. So if I'm a dogmatist, I'll admit it. It's about organic quality. It doesn't have to be certified, but, you know, there's no place for us to uh, consistently ingest things that are detrimental to our health to expect to be healthy. It's unreasonable. I think it's unreasonable. And, you know, as much as I believe in prayer, Super Don, you've joked about this, praying hurricanes away or whatever. But there are people that go, you know what? I just pray over my food and I eat whatever I want. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. They, they, you know, and wait, oh, man. Okay. Right. Now, talk to me later in life and let me see how well that works for you. And I hope and pray that it does. I'm not against that because I believe in the power of prayer, but I think irresponsibly. Uh -huh. It's used in that case because you have the ability to choose cleaner things that are more honoring of the body that you've been given, the life that you've been given to sustain that body. And, you know, people that haven't made certain choices uh, on their food, whether it hits them now or later, inevitably it's a karmic or cause and effect relationship. And we all have strengths and weaknesses. So some of us can withstand these things better than others or some of it manifests in a way that's not as dangerous or deadly than in other people. That's why, you know, the plausible deniability about eating organic is like, well, all these people are not eating there and look at them, they're seemingly fine. But if you if you go deep and do deep dives into their health and things, and you'll, you'll find things as I've done for 30 years that show that they're not fine. And then they end up, for instance, with that heart attack with no warning, right? Which is why we like, you know, the cardio miracle among other things that we'll utilize to help in those cases, so. Makes me wonder if if uh, God mm -hmm. would look down on somebody. You said it like Rush Limbaugh said it. You remember when you say God? God. Yes. yes. Uh, 
praying, just praying over the food. So, in other words, I wanted to stuff my face full of Twinkies. Yeah. So I prayed over the Twinkies, mm-hmm. uh, and therefore it was okay. Yeah. I would and have yeah. to imagine God would be looking at that, going, "You." <laughs> I, he would almost, I would almost think he'd be offended by that. It's like, you know, look, there, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're just using prayer as an excuse to eat crap. Yeah. Okay. It's like, you know, I, I, I created the, you know, the good stuff over here mm-hmm. and you won't go and eat the good stuff. You won't eat the bad stuff and then think you can just pray, pray away. Right. The, and, and yeah. As I said, I am grateful. And I, if you remember, yeah, let's just say you don't have the best food in the world. I'm not saying don't pray over it, but the the abuse no, of that. Don't don't yeah. Why don't it's, you why don't you pray uh, for the uh, you know uh, answer to be able to uh, you know get the good stuff or something yeah. you know it's, rather Cle- than just Cleo going. Oh. Has a, Cleo has an interesting idea. Hmm. Look at the screen. <laughs> By organic Twinkies, yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's organic junk. Food. Listen, you know, it's it's an interesting uh, exercise. <laughs> yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Um, to to go through what it is that that my wife and I are doing right now, mm-hmm. because it, it's like a you can go through a lot of mental gymnastics in in trying to eat correctly uh, and still accommodate your need for um, sweets, yeah, treats, because yeah. you know, and, and we do, we 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 like that kind of stuff. And and we have so far we've we have splurged on a few occasions. I've got some organic macaroons in in the uh, <laughs> in the pantry, yeah. and some organic peanut butter cups. Not okay. bad. They're not bad. Uh, but you know, Doritos makes organic tortilla chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're blue corn. They are organic. Mm-hmm. But they would fall into the category of being processed food. Right. Correct. So um, I think you could probably find something the equivalent of an organic Twinkie. Now, yeah, the, sure the thing, the way, the way, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but, you know, you, you can justify it, I guess, by saying, uh, I ate this organic Twinkie. And because it's organic, it's cleaner and better than if I ate a non-organic Twinkie. Mm-hmm. There's some truth to that, right? Yeah. But the, I guess not. the idea is, did you have one organic Twinkie? <laughs> right. <laughs> or or did a you eat the entire package of Twinkies? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's 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 very easy to fall into that trap mm-hmm. of looking at something, seeing the organic label, and mm-hmm. thinking, oh, now it has magic powers, and, and I can eat as much as I, I want because right. now it's making me healthy. Yeah. And, are, are, and, by the way, are we annoying anybody out there, y'all? Anybody, just say it. If you're annoyed, go ahead. Let us have it. Otherwise, I'm just going to continue enjoying my discussion with Super Don. Uh, <laughs> also, I see some questions about almond milk. We've got a. Milk I was just milk. looking at that. Yeah. We have a milk story in hour two. We'll get to that. We'll add almond okay. milk into the discussion if you don't mind. Uh, we can do that in hour two. Also, uh, we've got the French protest. The farmers. We got a question of the day on synthetic vitamin A in a uh, fish oil. We got detox dialogues. We got a homeopathic hit coming up in just a few minutes. Um, real briefly, I, I reached out to my friend. She's heading to Texas to the to the uh, San Antonio event. We're all going to be at this weekend health uh, autism health summit. Uh, Kimberly Overton, you know, Nurse Freedom Network, uh, Remnant Nursing, all of that. And this story briefly 
just as uh, of all the professions out there, apparently the most trusted is nursing. Hey. Nursing nurses play a crucial role, spend the most time with patients. I, I wanted to ask uh, Kimberly about that, but she's, you know, literally on the road heading to San Antonio and she's not up for it, but uh, we'll, I'll ask her that, you know, what does she think about that? Because as she's pointed out, the nursing profession has largely become, you know, uh, dominated as you will by the pharmaceutical industry as well that dictates to the doctors and then to the nurses yet the nurses have some level of compassion perhaps left in them and enough that they top the survey you know of most trusted nurses i would say the nurses who are like kimberly overton and others that are working with the nurse freedom network and remnant nursing have earned that trust and are doing their best to regain it for those who have lost it because many of those nurses have lost trust in the allopathic medical system because of what they've witnessed, particularly during COVID. So many have woken up to this reality. Uh, I don't know where, did they did they list the whole list? I don't see it where it might list other things, but. Uh, I, let's see here. Overall nurses trust ranking has dipped, <laughs> but it's still higher than dentists mm -hmm. uh, at 59% and medical doctors at just 56%. Mm. Uh, lower in the healthcare trust rankings were pharmacists at 55%, psychiatrists at 36%, and chiropractors <laughs> at 33%. Really? Here's the uh, is this the list here? I, you know, it's so small. How are you supposed to look at this? <laughs> what the heck? Well, see if you can blow it up for later, and we'll come back to it. Uh, we have another article here about vitamin D. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to get to and then the homeopathic okay. hit. All we'll right. come back okay. to it. All right. Vitamin D deficiency linked to increased dementia risk. Uh, supplements may help. Really? I mean, that, that, that's a kind of a supplements may help. Well, if it ain't in the food, where are you going to get it from? Now, with vitamin D, the unique thing about that is that you can get it from the sun and the exposure to the sun, ideally. There are certainly food sources of D in a natural sense, and there are synthetic forms of D that I don't recommend, of course. And this is an article published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. They investigated the associations between vitamin D, serum and supplementation status, and dementia, all causes, vascular, Alzheimer's, etc. They analyzed a, a plethora, as they say, of covariates, including demographics, socioeconomic, biomarkers, genetic lifestyle, and healthcare reports among uh, long-term 12 to 17-year prospective cohorts comprising, gosh, between 250 to 300,000 people in the UK. So pretty significant study. This isn't like a you know, one off. It looks like it's done fairly well, at least on the super. So they found they it. found a link. Yeah. Um, or what appears to be a link. I don't know if it's it's causal, uh, maybe just correlation. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, here's this thing, and, and you mentioned sun. Yes. Yeah. Go out in the sun. Uh, when you're there's people like me that don't go outside. Well, uh, and, and in the winter where you don't get sun in certain areas, exactly, it's yeah. cold. It is hard as I was, you know, kind of annoyed because uh, Kim Alexa supermodel was on and she looked tan from our Arizona. And here I am looking like, you know, pale face as there ever was one. I'm missing some of that sun. Now we can supplement. Definitely. You can eat foods that have vitamin D in it, but also remember this, the formulation known as cardio miracle was found to be, yeah, there it is, Super Don's rising it up, was found to be able to <laughs> activate the stored vitamin D, of which many people have in plentiful amounts, more than they realize because the D that they're level measuring is stuck in the fat cells, and they're not finding it in the test. Evidence by what? People that are by their doctor prescribed vitamin D supplements take more, take more, take more, and their levels never go up because they're not utilizing it. They're just storing it, storing it, storing it. So critical more than taking more D is to activate the pathways of activating the stored D in the fat. 
And that is done with Cardio Miracle every day. All right. Just shout out to that. And every Thanks once in a while. Yeah. Oh, look at that. You got some living, living fuel. fuel oh, is crazy, good crazy, too. crazy. Yeah. I made one of these yesterday. You get loaded up with all kinds of stuff from living fuel. That's for sure. In a good yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, what I want to do, let's let's take a quick break. And we're going to come in an hour or two with the homeopathic hit of the day. And it relates to a lot of heart-related issues. And uh, it's, you know, one of those things that can work for a lot of things. It's not one of those little remedies. It's a big remedy. I want to talk about and some, and, I, and I've, I think I've thrown four or five adjuncts. I mean, normally I don't do like, but three, because there's so much going on here. And then we'll talk also about um, uh, the expanded vaccine schedule. And then we got raw milk discussions in Colorado, organic farmers protesting in France, question of the day on synthetic uh, vitamin A, also the detox dialogues. And yeah, there's a lot, a, while. a lot we're covering today. Dude, and one more question, is your boss an alien? <laughs> we'll answer that. We'll endeavor to answer that in hour two. So tell your friends the place hmm. for health, freedom, and healing liberty and occasional silliness and frivolity too. You, me, Super D, today on the Robert Scott Bell Show, where the power to heal is yours. As usual, loads of upcoming events, including uh, starting Friday, this Friday, the 2nd of February, Groundhog Day. Will the groundhog see a shadow? Depending on where you are. We have the uh, Autism Health Summit. Tracy Slepsevic, we're going to have a lot of fun reunions with many of our friends. They're like family. You know this. If you're on the circuit doing this and if you're just a, a participant, and I don't mean to diminish that at all. It's like, man, you're part of it. That family energy coming together for um, things that really are making a tremendous difference. Not that you're out there necessarily running for a big office or a little one for that matter, but just being in the presence of other souls who care about health, freedom, healing, liberty, want to you know nourish you, uplift you, and you want to do the same. Man, the rewards of going to these events far supersede the outlay of, of cash or whatever it takes to sometimes be there. So I would just say uh, in this calendar year, 2024, Find a way to get outside of your comfort zone and go to one of these, you know, events, many of which we have as upcoming events in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com, including right now the ongoing plant-based beginners boot camp, free five-day plant-based challenge that started a couple of days ago. It's still going and it's free five days of it through Groundhog Day. And that's online. Just click on that. You want to include more vegetable stuff in your life? Again, I know the controversy. We've hit it. I'm not telling you what to do or how to do it except to, be clean, whatever choice you make. Then this weekend, of course, Autism Health Summit. If you can't make it to San Antonio, there'll be an online streaming option as well. Uh, take advantage of that. Dr. Andy Wakefield is going to be previewing some of his new uh, film, Protocol 7. Very excited to see that. A fictionalized feature film version of a lot of the controversies surrounding the, uh, uh, was it the, is it the MMR, the measles, mumps, rubella? I think it is because the mumps, I think they had spiked with rabbit's blood. Remember that story? Anyway, that's going to be really cool. I might even be in it among some of our other friends because we were there for some of the filming uh, last year. Uh, Trinity Health Freedom Expo. We have our virtual expo coming up 17th and 18th of February. That's before you know it. It'll be here. And that'll include every lecture that was given in October and more. There are more submissions. There's also going to be another live. Uh, I'll moderate a health freedom panel with Jonathan E. Moore, Diane Miller and others. 
That's going to be great. And you have three months to watch it all for 35 bucks. Best deal ever. Functional Medicine Summit and Expo in Atlanta, 8th through 10th of March. Uh, shout out to the, the Warners, Dr. Terry and Stu Warner. I'm scheduled to MC and speak at that event. Uh, reunion in Atlanta. I'll see mom as well. And then uh, the week later, 14th through 17th of March, the next steps in uh, conference. Tia Severino, we got to hang out. She came to mom's party. We had a great time dancing the night away. And that is uh, next-steps.info. They've really done a number to suppress your access to this. You you try to share this on social media. I don't know what it is about what Tia is doing, but apparently it's over the target trying to create parallel tracks or societies that are not asking for permission where none is required. Ooh, that's right after my heart, isn't it? Uh, maybe that's why. They don't want you to know that you don't have to wait for permission to create the life and the community and, and, and the way you want to live on this planet, much less here in America, for those that you are here with us in the United States. Then we have in April, the Be Healthy Utah event. Uh, Sandy, Utah, which is a suburb of Salt Lake, Mountain America Expo Center, 19th and 20th of April. And I'll be speaking there, broadcasting there. We have a lot of fun at that event. This will be, the, I think, the third year I get to do this, maybe. The RSB Show Family Reunion, thanks to Leslie at the Goody Farms Homestead in Joplin, Missouri, June 14th, 15th, and 16th, simultaneous to the Red Pill Expo up in um, Dakota, North Dakota, I think. Is that, I think that's where it is. Rapid City, I think. Anyway, so two options there, or maybe you do a little of both. We'll see what happens. So there'll be more things coming up, and I hope that you'll uh, take the time to go to one or all of them. And you know, briefly, I want to give you a, a reminder of something that we had a question the other day. I, I didn't think we we didn't play it, but it was sort of paraphrased by Super Don. What's the deal with Folium PX? Why are you talking about Folium PX all the time? <laughs> I'm grateful. Mom's alive and dancing at 90 years of age. If you hadn't heard me talk about this, you might go, oh, not again, Robert. But, dude, what's the, what's the price of saving a life, saving your life? When all else is not working or not working as well as you think it should, this has become that last resort. I wish it weren't. But I acknowledge that many people know a lot of things. But this botanical blend that came out of the former Soviet Union in, as a response to Chernobyl nuclear disaster is as powerful today as when it was made and as critically important today as, as ever. Because we're all exposed to ionizing radiation background levels. We're all exposed to heavy metals, a lot of toxins, and we need to bind and excrete them. Folium PX, this uh, plant-based formulation, pine and others, it is not synthetic. It is extraordinary to bind the folium original, the folium immuno, the folium relax. Get on that triumvirate. I don't know what you're waiting for if you are, but if you've hit a ceiling in your healing or if you don't want to, give it a go. And it, I believe, you know, it's backed up too. You know, you got the phone numbers there. You can send an email to the Bobri info at foliumpx.com. But there are a lot of things you can do and spend money on. I realize that. But why am I so impassioned to share this every day? Because of mom. And how she's come back from the brink with this product and many others we featured and doctors are working with it as well. So please take a look at that as well as we go here. Now, thanks to Folium PX also, as well as Nutritional Frontiers and uh, Trinity School of Natural Health for their support of this show. It gives me the opportunity to bring to you the homeopathic hit of the day. All of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Some years ago, I was uh, invited to a place in Arizona outside of Phoenix. And you see the image here. It's funny. 
cobra wearing a hat backwards and having a boom box from the 1980s. I don't know how it did that, but nausea is the remedy. Nausea is the um, venom from the cobra. And it's a profoundly powerful medicine in homeopathy. And years ago, I was invited to go to this wildlife park outside of Phoenix. And they had, you know, venomous snakes there. In fact, there were people that wanted these venomous snakes and had them as pets, deadly venomous snakes. And they want to be able to handle them. They love snakes so much. And they would go through a surgical procedure where they would remove their venom sacks and replace them, funny enough, with like a silicone implant, like they had you know, artificial breasts now, but, but in the area where the, the, the venom sacs are so that if you got bitten by your pet snake, you wouldn't die. I, some would argue that's cruel and unusual. Again, I'm not getting into the debate on that. I just have that memory of being in the room with a King Cobra and it was up there and I'm in the same room as this person, you know, was going to get it and, and do that thing with it just to witness it, see what that was all about. But if you get bit by a King Cobra, you're likely going to die unless you get antivenom or if you realize that you can use homeopathic nausea as a remedy. Not just for that, because remember, homeopathy, like cures like and law of similars, expands the use of something like nausea. So you can use this remedy whether you've been bitten by a cobra or not. Hopefully you never get bitten by a cobra. And Super Don, if you can open up, what? how did that image come about? What did you tell it to do to make an image of a, a 1980s cobra with a backwards hat and a boombox? I did nothing. That's did just nothing. what came up. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> um, sure. So okay. I just went with it. I honestly, I, it just, for whatever reason, it just decided that was going to be the, uh, that's, that's the image of that's the That's the homeopathic hit, Nadia. All right. Well, if all Cobras could look so cool and be so friendly. <laughs> so open up the PDF for everybody to read. This is available for free at robertscabell.com in the show notes today, January 31st, 2024. And later uh, every week, uh, uh, Superdon adds it to a special place on the website, free for everybody. But if you want the video audio version like this, it's only available for you if you're a patron supporter as little as $4.99 a month. And it's well worth it. We had a, I think we had a, a testimony about our, our, Patreon pay. I don't know if we've ever mentioned it, but that's something we can get to. So nausea, remedy often indicated for heart conditions. Yes, even emotional distress and more. So this homeopathic hit is, uh, you know, focused on the venom of the the uh, cobra, nausea, uh, used for heart conditions, emotional distress, and other, a whole lot of things. So the origin of nausea, venom of the nausea snake, also known as the Indian cobra. In homeopathy, it's used in a highly dilute form, so it's no longer venomous and toxic and poisonous in any way, shape, or form, but can help with heart conditions and other things. Key characteristics, physically, nausea is known for its effectiveness in treating heart-related issues like angina palpitations especially when these symptoms are accompanied by a sense of constriction it's also indicated cases of neurological issues headaches linked to emotional distress etc and of course there could be desperation depression melancholy you know this is a you know a wide variety of symptoms if you open up materia medica and want to go deeper than that so if we look at the primary uses of nausea and this is interesting because this remedy kept coming up during covid because there was a lot of cardiovascular issues, particularly if you had gotten the COVID injection, but 
you know, sometimes just with COVID, there were some issues with the heart, with the blood, et cetera. And that could indicate the use of nausea uh, for blood issues, heart issues, angina, palpitations, emotional distress, uh, also neurological issues. Cobra venom can impact the nervous system and breathing, in fact, but indicated for headaches and other neurological symptoms as well. Now, if you have a 10X, a 12X, a 12C, you would repeat the dose more frequently. If you have a 30C, a 200C or beyond, you might use it less frequently, but it can be a lifesaver and it can also be used to manage ongoing chronic symptoms depending on what you're addressing and how severe the symptoms are. Complementary remedies include orum metallicum, that is gold, orum metallicum, often used with nausea for heart conditions accompanied by depression. Orum is often indicated for depression. It can help lift depression. Ignatia, Useful for emotional distress. We've covered that before, um, especially uh, when there's a sense of grief or loss. It can complement nausea's actions. And I add here Crataegus, the hawthorn berry in homeopathic form for various heart, blood, and cardiovascular support. And one more I wanted to add in because there can be a lot of blood-borne disorders manifest when you get envenomated. And phosphorus is something I wouldn't want to overlook. can help with systemic inflammation and even blood coagulation issues, bleeding issues. So there's a lot to consider here when you're looking at a remedy like nausea and other things that can help in such circumstances. Remember, it's it's safe in its homeopathic form, but if you're dealing with serious heart conditions, serious emotional issues, you might want to consult with a homeopath or someone qualified to help you, however you determine that to be. And in cases of significant health concerns, uh, professional advice from whether it be a medical or non-medical, that's up to you. But I want you to know that there's a place and a time for help and it's okay. If you don't need it, that's even better. But if you need it, okay. Now, the conclusions here, as we come back and review all of this, homeopathic nausea, a valuable remedy, particularly for heart-related conditions, emotional distress, can be also neurological and breathing issues too. Uh, but it is one of those powerful remedies that kept coming back and still keeps coming back post-COVID and post-COVID injection. So look into nausea and the other snake venoms for a lot of homeopathic help. Remember, this is not to replace a doctor if you have or need one or want one, but it is here for educational information purposes only so that you can make fully informed decisions about the health care of yourself, your, your family, your loved ones, et cetera, without coercion and deception from fraudsters in government and medicine. Once again, thank you to our friends at Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org, foliumpx.com, and nutritionalfrontiers.com for their support to get these messages of health, freedom, and healing liberty out to all of you who need it, and you can share it with others. So thank you for that. All right. So, hour two, we are in it. There's a dangerous experiment being conducted. And no, it's not envenomation technically, but maybe if there are peptides associated with synthetic snake venoms that, that are in many drugs, arguably in the COVID injections, as Brian Artis has brought to our attention as well, the Defender is reporting in an article a couple of days ago by John Michael Dumais, Dumais, or Dumais a very dangerous medical experiment as the CDC expands vaccine schedule for kids, pregnant women, and most adults. So the CDC published its 2024 vaccine schedules, which includes, get this, at least 76 doses of 18 different vaccines for children, zero to 18. And yet today, yes, even today, after all of the exposure of the unscientific practices to get this into the uh, schedule has not been studied. None of these things on their own or in combination for their safety or efficacy, nor do we know well, other than reading some of the uh, science that has somewhat been withdrawn in some cases due to economic pressures, 
or has been published in what they call minor journals because they're not heavily advertising advertised in by a big pharma uh, like Brian Hooker and others that have put together these uh, amazing uh, connections, links, outcome-based studies looking at what are the health results of children who have been fully vaccinated according to the CDC schedule, those who have been partially and those who have been not vaccinated at all. And then you begin to see a picture like I have witnessed in my young to medium aged life when I started as a homeopath all those 30 years ago and began to observe around the world as I traveled, seeing young people and adults and the healthiest ones that I would see were the ones that were least vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. And now after learning about the scam of COVID injections and how much corruption was involved in getting them promoted as an emergency use authorization, much less approved and put on the schedule uh, via the ACIP committee, as you know, every year they're going to promote that with the flu shot or now RSV shots. We now know that there are doctors and scientists, MDs and PhDs and DOs, that are speaking out as loudly, maybe even more loudly than I do about this issue, that there is no place for someone of sound mind, clear thinking, critical thinking to inject these things into any child, much less a healthy child as they talk about well baby visits. You want a well baby to become a sick baby, take them to a well baby visit and get them injected by the CDC's schedule and you'll see what manifests. Now, that used to be extraordinarily controversial to say that before COVID. But post-COVID, I'm not alone. I'm not a lone voice or a small voice among many small voices in the wilderness here. We're a growing majority. In fact, now, arguably, the majority of people in the West are anti-vaxxers. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I wear it as a badge of honor. But what does that even mean as they've expanded the definition to make it meaningless? It means if you're for every vaccine except the COVID one, you're an anti-vaxxer. If you're for almost all the vaccines except the Gardasil shot, you're an anti-vaxxer. So I would say the vast majority of people that even if they still believe, wrongly so I might acknowledge, that the vaccines have a place in preventing disease, not causing it, because they do cause it, they don't prevent it in reality, uh, that even if you don't agree with one of them and you like all the rest, you are now in with us, the majority being labeled as anti-vaxxers. Yet the CDC doubles down, triples down, and I don't know what you do, 76 or more, when does it end? And now, of course, most everything they're moving toward is mRNA technology-based. That's where they want to go. It's much cheaper, it's much more rapid, but it's apparently more devastating and dangerous than even previous vaccines that were devastating and dangerous. So how about that? All right. If you guys have comments or questions about that, many of you are already on the same page here. If you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show and you're in shock right now, uh, welcome out of your house for the first time since COVID. <laughs> you know, we got to start thinking about these things that were treated more like religious dogma than scientific endeavors, inquiries, and uh, acknowledging the individual needs of each person, individual patient, and they're distinct and different. The vaccinology of the CDC and allopathic medicine is collectivist. It is communist. It is socialist. It is anything but acknowledging your unique role as an individual and your needs, your strengths, your weaknesses. It's about shooting everybody up with the same thing as much as you can. And that's the proclamation is the only way we can survive as a species, which is absurd. 
absolutely absurd and dangerous and deadly. So we'll continue this discussion on and on. It's an old discussion here for some of you who are new going, wow, man. I never would have thought that. Many doctors have said, I never would have thought that. Even the opening story today in hour one about the militarization of medicine acknowledged as a doctor that wrote that article. I'd love to interview him. Like, you know, I didn't really know about that. I knew a little bit. I didn't believe it was that bad. Now COVID. Yeah, it's that bad. And so the bad guys, the authoritarians in medicine and beyond are losing because they couldn't wait patiently and allow things to evolve naturally. They had to artificially induce through, through mandate, through fear, through authoritarianism or prohibitions, the acceptance of something that has tr proved to be so devastating that I don't believe they'll ever recover the, the status and stature they once had as the authorities that could not be questioned, where they could shout down a homeopath and succeed for the most part. Now they're failing miserably. They look absolutely absurd when they do so because many in their community have defected from the belief that vaccines are sacrament as they are treated in the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. All right, let's talk milk. If there are questions or comments, we'll seemingly add some of those into it from our one. I saw some comments on almond milk. Uh, Colorado is set to, uh, I guess, nullify federal uh, prohibitions on raw milk, nullification in Colorado. Um, this is a new report here. Colorado considers allowing sale of raw milk in latest food freedom legislation. And it's in quotes in this article at Colorado Sun. Food freedom like food freedom. Yeah, those food freedom people. Who do they think they are? Food freedom. Freedom to die from food, right? Well, you're free to die from injection, I guess. If that's the way you want to go. But many others recognize that the history of consumption of milk has always been raw. And it became problematic when? When they used factory farming methods to produce milk that was then raw because it was so imbalanced in terms of not only nutrient profile, but uh, bacterial considerations that are normally part of the microbiome of a cow's udder, for instance, or where it you know, comes from. The healthful bacteria that provide for uh, positive interaction with the milk and the proteins and digestive processes that were destroyed by pasteurization that only became necessary because of the factory farming filthy conditions of cows not grazing on grass, but being fed things they are not supposed to eat in stalls in big cities, with pollution raining down on them, airborne, waterborne, foodborne, every which way but loose. That milk is not fit for con human consumption raw or cooked, in my opinion. But now Coloradans are going, you know what? We want access to the, 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 the milk as, as it was consumed for thousands of years prior to the nanny state protectionists that don't take into consideration the way things are grown. And there are a number of states that allow for raw milk consumption. Some, when we were in Florida, you just had to tell them that you were buying it for your pets and you could still get it. Uh, in other places, you can get it. You just sign like a waiver to acknowledge that it's raw and not pasteurized. So here we go. Milk, the freedom to drink the milk as you would like to drink it. How far have we descended away from freedom in America where this is even an issue that we have to fight for? Like when our founders established through the Declaration of Independence, eventually a constitution, their thought was clearly that we have to have this constitution in order to prevent people from harming themselves by drinking raw milk. That's what we were writing this for. No, absolutely it wasn't. That's just the most absurd thing to ever think about. Let me remind you. Yes. I, I lied. We, we, last time we covered this story, there, I, I did some digging into some statistics. 
Mm-hmm. If you go to the CDC, the last time that they kept track of raw milk deaths. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they found, no, no, you might want to sit down for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, between 1998 and 2018, that's what, uh, 20 years? Mm-hmm. You ready for this? Yeah. It's it's a grim picture. Yeah. Three deaths. That they associate to raw milk consumption? Contamination? In 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Three deaths in 20 okay. years. Now, you go to these same agencies and you look up, you know, just ask, hey, uh, how many people die uh, every year from properly prescribed to pharmaceutical drugs? Hmm. 100,000 is what they'll tell you. Bare minimum, yeah. Okay, but let's just go with their numbers, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, raw milk, year. 20 years. Three people. Three, that's what, like point zero 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 something yeah. a so year. 20 uh, far- years for modern medicine would be 2 million at the bare minimum. 2 million. Yeah. 2 million. Hey, yeah, um, where is uh, Dick Durbin? Why, why do we have laws against raw milk? I don't, I don't quite understand. Well, they want to save your life, but why don't we have laws against poisoning people to death with drugs? <laughs> or or anything. I, I just, I promise you, we could yeah. probably find a laundry list of ridiculous things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, s- slipping on a banana peel and falling down the stairs, mm-hmm. probably more deaths per year uh, than you could possibly even get close to with people drinking raw milk. It's mm-hmm. stupid. This is one of those things where it's like, if you look at it logically, it makes zero sense Mm -hmm. for them to be so against raw milk to the point that they will raid family farms, raid them with guns, Mm -hmm. you know, and force them to pour the milk down the drain. Yet all of these other things, oh, no, that's just, that's just normal. That's just how it is. Right. Pretty darn incredible. It's pretty crazy. So we had some questions about almond milk earlier in the show. Uh, Let's see who is asking. I'm going to scroll back up. Uh, Let's see how far back it goes. Make your, oh, Dawn, our friend Dawn says, make your own. I would agree. If you want almond milk, get organic almonds and make your own. Uh, How how do you make almond milk? There are recipes online. You soak. You soak the almonds. You know, there are different ways to squeeze it out and other things. There's, there, you know, it's not. You literally squeeze the almonds. I think so. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't seem like you get much milk out of an almond. I, well, if you soak them and there's a way okay. to do it. Gotcha. Anyway, but a lot of times these nut milks are made in large vats of aluminum. And if the the source material is not organically grown, there's all kinds of other contaminants in there. So I'm not a big fan of buying these, you know, nut milks. I would say, yeah, if you well, can't make your own. But. Like everything else, there's pros and cons, right? Yeah. So, you know, with, with something like an almond milk, mm-hmm. uh, if you're concerned about calories, and so, which, you know, some people are. Um, and, and, you know, calories are important to a certain extent, but they're not a be-all, end-all mm-hmm. when you're trying to eat healthy or lose weight or something like that. It is lower in calories than milk. Um, if you've got a problem with, with dairy, it's, you know, it's an alternative to dairy. Um, you know, something that you can still get the experience of drinking milk. Um Remember the milk producers were like suing all of those. Oh yeah, because, because they were calling it milk. Milk. They don't want yeah. any competition. <laughs> milk. They didn't. They didn't like. So call that. it almond juice. Yeah. Like yeah. Now yeah. you know the 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 one thing that I've heard about almond milk is mm-hmm. that where you because I think California is like one of the places where they they grow a lot of almonds. You know, mm-hmm. for for people that that want to consume almonds, which almonds yeah. are good. 
Um, but they require like an enormous amount of water to to grow. Yeah. And to raise and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, some people not, look not at it. Real efficient for the land's resources. Not really, no. During drought. No. Uh, Leslie says she's very proud of you, Super D. Oh yeah? I don't know why. Why would uh, she be proud of you? Well, what am I chopping? I don't liver? know. There's got to be more to the story there. I'm thinking because of the choices you and your wife are making as far as the quality of food. Oh, I think okay. she's really happy, as we all are, I believe. It's yeah. pretty amazing. You, you know, you're really an inspiration to a lot of folks out there that were like, let's get super done. I don't he know if I everything. want that responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Leslie. You might be able to learn how to make almond milk at Leslie's farm. I don't know. They're, they have goat milk. For sure. And it was amazing because of what she's feeding the goats. I don't like goat milk and goat cheese normally because it's all gamey. Hers was not. It was goat cheese is good. Sweet. It was amazing. Goat cheese yeah. is good. That's yeah. feta. Isn't feta goat cheese? Uh, feta can be sheep. They they have some that are variations um, of goat, but normally okay. it's sheep. Yeah. Uh, Marissa is asking about the Echo H2 water. You know. Discount code. I'm, I don't know, uh, you know, cause I, I actually, I've gone to their website and mm -hmm. tried like every combination of codes that, <laughs> that I could, uh, and I haven't found one. And so we need to, we need to actually talk to, uh, Paul about that. Okay. I'm going to see Paul later. I'll ask him. Or ask him cause I tried you. RSB and RSB 5, 10, 15, 20. Yeah. RSB. Supposed to have a discount code. So we'll get yeah. back to you on that, Marissa. Thank you yep. for asking. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, she just soak almonds and blend them. Yeah, Dawn says soak almonds and blend them. That's how you do go right. almond milk? Yeah. Oh. So soak your nuts first, then blend them. Ouch. Oh, yeah, that does sound bad. No, yeah. almonds. I should say almonds. Oh, no. no. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> God, <laughs> man, where is this show gone? <laughs> Oh, uh, right. I was I Marissa, was just mo for a moment transported back to junior high school. Oh my gosh, yes. uh, Marissa! If you don't want to wait, call them up and just mention the Robert Scott Bell show, and they should be able to offer you at least a ten percent discount. But I'll mm. work on seeing if we can get a code activated. I don't know why it isn't. I thought it was, so something's up. No. We'll we'll see if we can get that. Here, uh, here's an you. interesting couple of comments. First, yeah. we've got Dawn saying, "Anyone taking detox bath these baths these days?" I'm guess what I mean. There's like I, I've heard of taking a detox bath. I know a lot of people they use like Epsom salt, right? Um, yep. But I, I'm guessing put, uh, there's clay, other things you can clays use in there. Bentonite, yeah. bentonite clay, yeah, bentonite clay. Yeah, right, a lot right. of things people can do. Yeah. So Leslie decided to answer Dawn. Mm -hmm. She said, "I haven't been able to take a bath in th uh, three years and seven months." Oh yeah, because she's living in a a, a fifth wheel. Right. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So yeah. you're taking showers. Yeah. 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 Oh, so when they finish okay. the house, I'm sure they're going to have All a nice right. garden. Now I, got, I was soaking. concerned yeah. there for a moment. I right. Just, yeah. Uh, you're taking the homesteading thing way too seriously there. <laughs> <laughs> Marissa says, my city water is so toxic, so I'm trying not to take detox baths unless I get a filter for my water. Yeah. They have whole house filtration as well. Uh, my mom has whole house filtration and, you know, the echo and, um, we all do the echo at the sink and, um, I'm in a unique place where they don't chlorinate or fluoridate the water. It's so deep groundwater that it comes up. It's very minerally rich. So it's hard water. So we soften it. But, um, yeah, Leslie said she didn't say she didn't shower. It's just no baths. It's like, Ooh, gotcha. gross. I'm okay. not coming to Leslie's. Right. That's well, not cool. You know, 
no, no, no. They do bathe. It's I just can not tell a bath. you, I've spent some time uh, over in Ashland, Oregon, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. It's a just a fantastic place. Where they don't bathe? Um, and I've seen a few people who made me wonder. <laughs> um yeah, you yeah. know, uh, did you purposely create those dreadlocks or is that just because yeah, you haven't washed your happened. hair in a while? But, right. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, look, uh, Bolden in, in our chat room at our website. I love me some raw goat cheddar. Yeah. Goat, raw goat cheddar. I'm sure you can get some of that because the cheese that they made, Leslie made with their goat's milk. Oh, my gosh, was it good. I Like I said, I never experienced it like that. It's all been gamey until I had the goat milk and goat cheese at Leslie's Homestead. You know, Leslie's I love cheese. Mm-hmm. Cheese is one of those things. If I had to give up cheese, uh, I'd be very sad. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope that never happens. And, you know, I've tried some different things. We've got a natural grocers here, and I've tried, I, got mm-hmm. some, I got some raw cheddar uh, mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago. Wasn't really all that impressed with it. It's kind of like, ah, you know, whatever. I tried some other exotic, you know, ones and stuff that, you know, we were trying out that were organic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wasn't terribly impressed. I got some great value, which, you know, mm-hmm. is, is the store brand for Walmart, right? Okay. Yeah. Great value, sharp cheddar cheese. It yeah. is the best cheese. You like it? It is so good. I just, because they sell them like in the little blocks. Yeah. You know, the little, little, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll cut that thing in half, chop it into cubes and split it with oh, the wife nice. and just eat it. I mean, it's a great value. Great I, value. I could go get some fancy name cheese from, you know, yeah. For, what, you call it fromage. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. it's like, eh, it's all right. Super D, I've got like from Azure Standard, we've ordered some raw cheeses and mm-hmm. they're amazing as well. So if you ever do the Azure stuff, it's good. I, I think Great we quality. will eventually. We haven't yeah. gotten there yet, but uh, when it comes to cheese, I'm a big fan of the like the 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 strong you cheese, like the not cheese. not too strong. Okay, but you know, like a like a really sharp cheddar. Mm. Um, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Uh, By the way, Walmart message has- from Bolden on the raw milk stuff. He says, "Super D, if you have a reference link to that raw milk data on desk, could you please send it to him?" Oh, it's super easy. Um. Yeah, it, it just make it easier for him because yeah. he's a good guy. We love, oh, sure. we love yeah. Michael Bolden. Well, I'll tell you, all you got to do is go on Google yeah. and type in how many people die each year from raw milk, and it pops up right at the top. Bing. Mm-hmm. 1998 yeah. to 2018, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported that the average number of raw milk. Now, look, they say there's outbreaks. Sure. And people have gotten sick. And, you know, the thing is, is when you when you talk about raw milk, from what I've learned, what, mm-hmm. I've, what I've read, yeah, uh, it's that it's it's about the place that you get the milk from, not raw milk in general everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like any other food. If it's not handled or stored correctly, it can make you sick. I mean, yeah. that's just how it is, right? It's not because it's raw milk. You can get how many times? I mean, if you if you pay attention uh, to to what's going on in health news, like I do, mm-hmm. uh, dude, there's recalls all the time. I mean, all the time. Hundreds of thousands of pounds of hamburger have been recalled and, and baby yeah. formula and all this kind of stuff uh, happens all the time. Uh, you know, and this is not organic raw milk or anything like that. This is the, mm. the you know, factory farm crap that they've got yeah. out there. So, well, you know, outbreaks, I understand. But when it comes to deaths. Uh, let's go to uh, France right now and the organic farmers there. This article out of The Guardian it says the world is changing too fast for us. Organic farmers on urgency of French protests. 
And, and apparently they're saying France has been taken by surprise by the scale and fury of grassroots demonstrations amid crisis in organic sector. Now, you know, the, pro, the, the cost of producing organically is much higher than the cost of factory farming because there's a lot of subsidization, whether it be here in the United States or whether it be in Europe and the European Union. There's a lot of subsidizing synthetic uh, factory farming, even though there's a history that's a little bit better uh, as re regarding food quality in Europe. I acknowledge that. But look, these farmers are trying to sell their product and they can't get the price that even covers their expenses. I don't know why that's happening other than making it artificially expensive or, or let's just say everything else artificially cheap so no one will spend the extra because they don't have or perceive the value in it or the value is inflated far beyond the average folks ability to even eat it. And, you know, we've talked about the economics of uh, Federal Reserve pumping, you know, dollars into the economy. Well, they've got the euros. All of these fiat currencies are creating scenarios where each year you work harder and harder to try and stay where you are, much less get ahead. And the reality is, unless you're, you know, Elon Musk, you're not going to be able to keep up with the, pr the, the, the cost of inflation, you know, eating away at the purchasing power of the dollar or the euro or the whatever. And so uh, let's see, this farmer, 38 years old, says we're fed up and exasperated. I love my job. I farm organically because it's what I believe in. And it's the right thing ethically in terms of health. In nine years of farming, I've never been on a protest. I'd rather be with my animals, but things are getting so difficult. We need decent prices that reflect not just the quality of our produce, but the love we put into this job and into the countryside. This is a passion, a vocation, but we don't get the recognition for it. And, you know, I, I don't know enough about what's going on in Europe in terms of price subsidies or price controls. Uh, but anytime the government tries to set prices or subsidize the production of something, ultimately it becomes worse for the people at the end of, you know, trying to buy the stuff, use it. Either the quality suffers and sucks like chemically grown and manufactured factory farms of, of food that's not really food or the unattainable ability to get food as we would like it to be grown everywhere organically, which is once again, why we all need to find a way to grow, even if it's in a little box on your windowsill, something to start getting us back to the ability to withstand the punishment from Federal Reserve type policies in the in the West or other other policies that are destroying the value of your purchasing power to be able to buy food that you think you should have access to. Now, if you're seeing some of the visuals out of uh, Europe and France, it's like, don't they know you don't mess with food in France? I mean, how is the French government surprised by what they're doing to farmers based on, uh, you know, phony environmental accords that if we were really honoring the environment, then we would be encouraging more organic growth instead of factory farming chemical practices. So, uh, yeah, the push like with COVID, it's too far, too hard, too fast. And now there's the inevitable blowback. Now, this goes into a Hegelian dialectic synthesis, right? They have a thesis and antithesis and a uh, you know, problem, reaction, solution to where they can probably try and, okay, we've lost this round, but we didn't lose the, the war. And they'll continue to try and move you towards that synthetic way of life. You know, what we could say is we like Elon Musk in some things, but his idea that he wants to put electrodes in your brain or that he can somehow transfer whatever he thinks you are into another body and you can keep living forever. I think these are disastrous, absurd and delusional notions. And I don't know if he really believes it or if he just wants to profit off of people's beliefs in it.
I don't know. But the idea of messing with the food in France is not a good plan, and I don't think you're going to win. I think what you're going to have is what they call the hard right or whatever that is, taking over the government that will honor the food history of France. Don't mess with the food in France. Uh, So let's see. We got, oh, we got a detox dialogue, Super Don. We're doing great today. Got a lot. And we had a question of the day as well. I, I almost don't know which way to go next. Well, uh, if we go in the order that, that the uh, notes are, mm-hmm. we would go to the question of the day first. Well, let's do the question of the day. All yeah. right. Question of the day from Bill. There it is. You're not going to read it? Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to read it. Okay. Hi, guys. I recently became aware that Carlson has added rentanil palmitate to its cod liver oil. So Retinal Carlson palmitate. is a brand. Yeah. Uh, what is rentanil palmitate? Retinol. Huh? You're adding an N in there. Retinol palmitate. Oh, you sorry. You get mad at people that say fentanyl instead retinil. of fentanyl. Retin. Well, I'm, I didn't call it retinol. No, you didn't. That's true. But okay. you said retinol. Rentanil. Dude, yes. learn how to speak. I put the N in front of the T. Whatever. <laughs> retinil. Retinil. Uh, anyway, yeah. is it a harmful substance? The re- yeah. retinil. Retinil. Well, what do we know that it is? It's a synthetic form of vitamin A. Oh. It is. Now, arguably, there are things that are more toxic than that that you can add to fish oil. Okay? I think they uh, tend to do this maybe as a preservative agent or whatever. But if it's a preservative agent, if that's indeed why they're adding it in there, could they have chosen something else and better? Probably. But for whatever reason, cost, convenience, who knows why, when you're that big like Carlson is, you might cut some corners on essential fatty acids. Now we're in talks with, I don't know if this will work out, uh, but trying to bring you an algae based uh, omega three completely. Uh, This this company is not carbon neutral, but carbon negative. That is they like are so carbon neutral that it's on the other end of it. (laughs) They're helping. Now I am not of the mindset that Carbon dioxide is a toxic pollutant. It's a it's a it's a food source for plants. But let's put that aside. If somebody wants to be carbon neutral or do less harm to an environment in terms of pollution, I'm all for that. I'm not against that at all. In fact, I'm you know I'll applaud it. But it becomes a matter of if you want to stop people from living their lives based on certain assumptions that aren't truly validated, that becomes problematic. If you want to be an example for others to live more environmentally conscious and sound, I applaud that. I appreciate that. I can respect that immensely. Uh, so anyway, but uh, in the big scheme of things, is it going to kill you? No, not likely. But is there evidence that it can contribute in isolation to inflammation and disease processes? Yes. So it isn't truly a food form of vitamin A. That's distinct and different. And you can get things like essential fats and even saturated fats from uh, like ghee and butter from grass-fed animals as well. And there are other sources that don't require using synthetic vitamin A. So, Bill, it wouldn't be my first choice. If I had to choose a fish oil, I probably wouldn't choose it, even though Carlson's been around a long time and has a good name. But if I looked at the ingredients and saw that, I'd be like, uh, is there one that doesn't have that? That's what I would do. It's synthetic, you know. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think that a lot of people, and I don't see a problem with it, uh, have a tendency to just avoid synthetic altogether. Um. I know if we were having this conversation around Chris Barr right now, he'd be yeah. yelling. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, he, you know, in the ba- yeah. days back, he liked Nordic because they didn't add synthetics to it. Right. Uh, again, I haven't been up to date. I use Nordic. Relations. Yep. I use Nordic uh, fish, fish oil capsules. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we they have, have a good brand. reputation. They are a good brand. Yeah. We have some from Nutritional Frontiers as well. So there's a lot of options out there and, and maybe we'll be bringing in an algae based one. I'd be liking that if we can, but that's something we're working on. All right. Let's see from the farmers, the organic farmers. Um, let's oh, see. aliens. You want to do aliens? Now, wasn't that cool that Ann was on Coast to Coast AM, Ann Archer Butcher? Yeah. We had her on yesterday. If you missed it, she retold the story of being saved from getting eaten by a shark nice. by dolphins. And, you know, she went into some depths of the energy where she she explained there was an energy associated with the interaction with these dolphins that opened her up to this energy medicine. She likes homeopathy, too. And then she introduced us to what was this? Monocore USA. Mm-hmm. Was it yesterday? So go back and listen to that because it really helped her husband, Alden, in addition to the other things we did to help him overcome cancer. We saw him. He showed up at the last minute, four years after the diagnosis of stage four uh, cancer in the, the area of the parotid on the jaw. And it's like, wow, in- incredible. And now I'm like, I want one of those things. I want to get it for the whole neighborhood if we can and share, you know, the, the expenses and cost of a, a you know, device that not everybody can afford outright. Uh, but I'm encouraged and intrigued by it. And the future of medicine is the presence of medicine of energy, metabolic interface that is not required toxic poisons and even sometimes measurable molecules. But that's not me saying we don't need to eat. I still eat. But I in my bias, as you know, is toward energy medicine as a homeopath. But how often have I said, well, don't eat and don't supplement with food? Never, never, because we need that too. But there are times where the energetic realms are dismissed where they should be embraced and they could be a first resort instead of a last resort. And uh, I just look at what we learned yesterday with Ann as a, another, you know, I, I don't get, I hope I don't get too cocky, super D about what I know <laughs> that I, that I go, there's nothing more to learn because every day, I, I don't know. We got the guests coming on and even friends like Ann that's been on for years and there's something new I learned and I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to bring that to your attention. You guys check it out. Let me know what you think as well. Uh, go to robertscottbell.com. Submit your questions, comments there. You can become a, a newsletter subscriber for free by texting my initials RSB to the number 66866-66866. And RSB will trigger the text back to you to get the email and you just plug it in there. Also, there it is. Yeah, RSB, send it to 66866. Also, there's... Uh, uh, we have a TV channel, but it keeps changing. I don't know why yet. <laughs> I can't keep up. Right. Um, it used streaming. to be, t- used have- to be 2495. Yeah. Uh, then it, it became 2070. Yeah. I Presently, I believe it's 2069. And I actually was talking with uh, the tech guy over at Q Streaming this morning because right. I, was, I was getting things situated with our stream, uh, which I've, I've figured out finally a way to do that so that it's 24-7. Nice. Uh, it's an audio podcast version with, okay. with that shows a logo, so you can you, know, you can hear it for now until we get the video part of it nailed down. But in any okay. case, the, basically the way it works is uh, if channels, I guess on, they come and go on this service all the time. Okay, and when they do, it's going to change. We don't have like a a dedicated. This is our channel number. So it, it shifts as other channels go it's away. It's going to shift. So what you do is when you go over to the categories. You select podcasts. 
Okay. And we're get, we're going to be listed in there. Or you could okay. just on search type in Robert Scott Bell Show. Okay. And you could find it that way. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Q streaming, you go to RSB Show One. That's the number one. RSB Show One dot myqstreaming.com. You sign up for the service, $59.99 a month, and you don't get just the Robert Scott Bell Show channel. Mm-hmm. You get every channel you can imagine and then some. Uh, and there are a lot of churches that have uh, gotten channels as well, and they use this for fundraisers, which you can do. You can sign up and you can sign others up and benefit and, and raise funds for your uh, you know, favorite charity, for instance. And it's a wonderful service because you can access all the pay channels, all the things that you'd have to pay extra for, including MMA or whatever it is, UFC fights that would normally cost pay-per-view. It's included in this. Super Don has found that out. The NFL Sunday ticket, the uh, red zone stuff, uh, every major league baseball game you want. We've been paying uh, MLB network extra money so we can watch the Braves where we are, where we don't get them normally. And now we'll be able to watch them whenever we want through this and with no extra expenditure. So if you guys are already spending a little bit on some kind of channel thing, you might be able to consolidate and just do one payment to this and you can see anything you want. It's been pretty incredible. All the local channels from any city that you used to live in. We were watching the the football game that was on Paramount Network exclusively on a Canadian TV show, mm-hmm. a TV channel. It was amazing. We get to watch it's, some silly Canadian uh, commercials too. And this so, is all stuff that you would normally, uh, you know, you would you would pay, you know, way more for to have all of this stuff. And then over here, like I was saying here, you go down here to podcasts. And well, there you go. Yeah. You this is where you got it. You've got uh, Turning Point USA, Re- the we- Reawaken America Tour, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Stone. I don't know who that is. Uh, and here's us, the Robert Scott Bell Show. You click on that. You probably cool. can't hear that, but it's playing uh, previous shows right now. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's hit the detox dialogues real quick because you you prepared one and uh, we got to do it. We got to support the detox. All right. Let's do it. It's time for detox dialogues right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Try to do this once a week. Uh, whereas we do the homeopathic hits daily today, it's a delicious one. I think so. Some people can't stand it. They say it tastes like soap, but it's cilantro <laughs> or coriander. Some have called it, I believe. Uh, and again, shout out to our uh, key sponsors, Nutritional Frontiers, Foley and PX and Trinity School of Natural Health for making the detox dialogues possible. And by the way, Nutritional Frontiers has an amazing array of detox uh, formulations on sale right now. You can use the code RSB15 to get an additional discount, double dip as well. So as we open up a PDF for you, you have this for free as well. Thanks to Super Don. Uh, cilantro is a common culinary herb, extraordinary for a number of its detox supportive uh, uh, properties. Uh, I I tend to like cilantro. Some people don't. I recognize that. So I don't know how you kind of hold your nose and take it. They've, they've made it into tinctures as well. You can add it to your burrito if you want, but Um, This is also known as coriander. It's been used for thousands of years in culinary and medical practices across many cultures, going back to ancient Greece and Rome. And it holds significant importance in traditional Chinese, Indian, and Middle Eastern medicine as well. Key characteristics of cilantro, as we talk about a substance, an herb, a plant, in this case to help detox, is heavy metal detoxification. Cilantro, renowned for its ability to chelate or bind to heavy metals like mercury, aiding in their removal from the body. It is rich in a lot of nutrients, including what we mentioned earlier, vitamin A, vitamin K, and C, as well as minerals like potassium and manganese. And we just did 
a homeopathic form of manganese acetate yesterday, interestingly enough. Mental health stress reduction can help with uh, reducing anxiety and improve sleep quality. As I said, you might have to overcome the taste for some of you that think it tastes like soap. I don't. I like it. Anyway, heavy metal detox, primary benefits. Um, you want to remove mercury and lead. Wonderful adjunct. Detoxification, digestion. How about that? Improving digestion, relieving GI discomforts. Antioxidant properties. We talked about some things that fight free radicals, reducing oxidative stress, has anti-inflammatory effects and can help in reducing inflammation in the body. And yes, even immune system uh, support. Some of the key ingredients in there can boost immune response for the system. Now, if you want to incorporate cilantro into the diet, you can use it as a fresh herb, add it to your salad, salsas, variety of dishes. Cilantro pesto. That's an interesting way. If you like pesto, consume higher amounts of the herb and you can juice it into your smoothies and juices as well. Now, if we have some precautions in those guidelines, some people have an allergy. So be careful of that. Um, there is, a, as they say, a genetic taste sensitivity. For some, it's just not appealing at all. Uh, others, you know, you might want to moderate because you put too much of anything in there. It can really trigger some detox. And I would add this, quality is important because, because it's an aggregator of uh, metals. Let's say it's grown in soil that has a lot of heavy metals. It's going to be concentrated also in there. So please be sure that the cilantro you you grow yourself or that you got, get and buy comes from soil that is shown to be free of dangerous heavy metals so you don't accumulate unnecessarily while you're trying to bind and excrete them. Some complementary practices, kind of no-brainers, I think. Hydration, you want to detoxify, stay hydrated. And I would argue echo water, the hydrogen water would be very helpful for you there. Uh, balanced diet, going more organic, eating other things that support detoxification, mindful eating, how about that? You know, paying attention to what you eat and your body's response. You can learn a lot more than some of these allergy tests. Uh, far infrared saunas. How about the relaxed sauna? Use the code RSB, get 100 bucks off to reduce the burden on the excretory system as you also sweat these things out. So a lot of really good options here. So as we conclude the detox dialogue today, cilantro, more than just a culinary delight, it's a potent detoxifying agent with a rich history in traditional medicine. Binding with metals, helping digestion, it's an antioxidant, helps the immune system, and uh, can be added to any diet pretty much. So as we continue down this road of the detox dialogues, remember, they're educational, informational, in uh, focus, not to replace a doctor if you have or want one. But once again, find out how often they're going to the bathroom because if they're going less than you, you might not want them as your doctor. So thanks for that. Super Don, is your alien a boss? Should we answer that now or in the bonus round? Is your boss an alien, I should say? Well, technically, you're my boss, so. <laughs> Am I an alien? Should we answer that after the break in the bonus round? Yeah, let's do it. All right, y'all. Power to heal and eat cilantro is yours. All right. You guys dizzy? You ready? You're dizzy. Coculus. <laughs> I don't know which one was more dizzy. The guy on the, on the, uh, the mountain bike or this one? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I have a thing for time-lapse videos for some reason. I don't you know. like those? I just do. Right. Uh, let's see. Chris is replying uh, to the detox dialogue on the use of cilantro. He says he loves it, but he cannot tolerate it. He recommends that it's better to not use if you still have amalgams, particularly the mercury fillings, because it may not bind as, as well as you'd think. And you, you know, again, these are, again, considerations, of course. Uh, uh, well, I said it was 
Carol that put that in. I apologize for reading Chris right above it, but Carol. Um, also, remember selenium, number one on the list to bind to mercury. Selenium. And we use the whole food form we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. He's got the food research form of selenium available to us. And I still use the innate response because I still have some stock left in it and I'm not invested in that brand per se, but I have some still that I'm using. But the food research we found is even even better. So uh, check that out and utilize the selenium along with it. And I think that would you know, answer some of the issues that Carol brought up. Uh, let's see what else we got here coming in. Coriander is the name of the seed. The plant leaf is cilantro. Yes, Leslie. Very right. Thank and you, Bala. I mean, Leslie. Bala. <laughs> <laughs> Carol takes selenium every day. Very good. Very good. All right. What else we got? I know we want to get into the alien discussion in a moment here. Um, anything else, comments, questions? I'm looking also in our uh, chat room. Uh, when When is uh, Michael Bolden scheduled to be on with us next? Uh, Friday, I thought. This Friday? Isn't it this Friday? I don't know. Pretty sure. I haven't looked that far in advance because it's going to yes, be February. Yes, we have. Already. we just forgotten. Um, I know we commented on it. I'm pretty sure. Let me look. Oh, yeah, it. you're right. Bolden is scheduled for Friday. When I'm in well, San Antonio. Yeah, I'll be doing a remote, but still, I, I want Bolden on. I'm not going to, I'm not on an airplane, so he has to, has to show up. There you go. And Lisa Hill, and we'll do silver too. Leslie says, better be this Friday. It is. It, it is. So we're heading out. Let's see. Somebody is dizzy and wants me to bring homeopathic coculus and nux vomica. Oh, from the video. Sorry. Yeah, right. Uh, no, it was before the video, but now if they what watch that video, they really need now some it's homeopathic. Worse. <laughs> yeah, it got worse. Uh, I like cilantro. Cilantro is good. I'm, I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of Mexican food, although I haven't had much this month. Mm -hmm. uh, coming, trying to find organic uh, uh, anything in restaurants around here is, is very difficult. So. Mm -hmm. I have. Oh, hey, I, got, I got an email. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. This is what That's I do. That's okay. Because your boss is an alien or your yes. alien is a boss. All right. um, this is from somebody named Elizabeth. She says she's the producer of the Stu Peters show. Oh. And she wants me on to promote the Restore Freedom Rally this weekend. Are you available tomorrow for a 10 to 15 minute interview? Okay. What time? See, this is where I was going to be if I couldn't be at the um, San Antonio event. Yeah. But I'm happy to promote it because I wanted to be there too. I want to be everywhere. So, so the producer of the Stu Peter show. Yeah. Uh, wants to interview you mm -hmm. on the Stu Peter show. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if the producer wants to do it or if Stu wants to do it, but yeah. I've not. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, that's what I meant. I think I would be happy to do it if it times out. Right. I don't know when that, that they normally air their show. So, all right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so uh, we can just hit this and be done with it. Um, it was just kind of a fun article that I came across this morning as I was going through <laughs> stuff, and I was just like, you Is know, your boss an alien? Why not? Let's let's right. let's have a little fun. So. I think it's more appropriate to ask, is your worker an alien? Because many are illegal aliens coming through the southern border looking for work. Yeah, those are, anyway. those are different aliens. Yeah. So yeah. Is different. your boss an alien? <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently they uh, did a survey. 
and uh, it, was, it was conducted by uh, Talker Research on behalf of a website called wealthofgeeks.com. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and apparently, Wealth of Geeks is a website dedicated to anything that people can geek out about. Geek out on? Okay. I guess. All right. So um, they found that 37% of Americans believe that aliens are already here on Earth. Mm-hmm. And many suspect their bosses might be extraterrestrials. Whoa. Say one in three Americans thinks that aliens are living among us in disguise. And many, this is like they live. Isn't that the John Carpenter movie with the glasses? With Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, right? Yes, that was a good movie. From sightings of 10-foot tall aliens in Brazil to the recent refuted extraterrestrial corpses found in Peru or the tourist board of Kentucky beaming messages to space to invite aliens to visit. (laughs) The interest and debate around alien existence continues to fascinate the public. However... 41% 41% of the poll disagreed with the notion that extraterrestrial life may be walking and talking among us with the remaining 22% still unsure. Yeah. It's well, still I, a significant number of people. I mean, yeah, 30, yeah. 39. I think the boss thing is just kind of funny, but yeah, uh, thir- apparently here's some interesting uh, yeah. uh, stats here from the survey. Mm-hmm. A third suspects certain celebrities might not be from this planet. Uh, men are slightly more likely than women to suspect that aliens exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was some some perception here about world leaders. 43% of respondents feel current world leaders are the right people to represent Earth in the event of alien contact. That, what do you think about, about that? I think some of our world leaders are already aliens, like <laughs> Prince Charles or yeah. something like that. What right? we want to do is if the aliens come down, we want to have them talk to Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. that makes that'd be great. Mm-hmm. They'd just be like, let's get out of here, guys. These guys yeah. are, are, are doomed. Such a morons. Uh, let's see. The article mentions a government report detailing 291 wow. new sightings of UFOs. Mm-hmm. Or actually, you know, they've, they've renamed it now. What now it's the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, UAP. UAPs, Anomalous Phenomena. They make yes. it harder to say. And let's see, and then let's just put a cap on it. The U.S. government reportedly does not have a clear plan to deal with the potential threats of unexplained sightings, whether they are alien spaceships or human aircraft. Do you believe that? Yeah. I, You know what? I think that that's, that's what they want us to think. I think... Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to sound like Alex, you know, Jones, uh, George Nury uh, type uh, yeah. stuff. But I, th- I think there's more going on behind the scenes than we think. Mm-hmm. That they know more than they're yeah. letting on, and that I think that they do have mm-hmm. at least con- some kind of contingency plan in place in the event that something weird did happen. Sure. And then there's some people that have. I've heard this theory where they say that um, the government uh, is going to uh, fake aliens in order mm-hmm. to try and create right. panic and assume control over sure the, the population yeah aliens according to leslie are demons et wasn't a demon et was nice et was nice <laughs> yeah let's see um all right well, let me look at this lizard people yeah yeah lizard people that's right shape are, are you saying that there's people. no there's no such thing as a good alien i mean a, a nice alien? yeah why can't there be a, a why couldn't you know, they be like an alien yeah hmm E.T. was a movie character. Oh, man, you spoiled oh, it for me. Leslie, all this time, I thought he was real. Uh, here, let me let me point this out to you. On Earth, we are all aliens, 100% of us. Yeah? Yeah. Why do I say that? Because my belief 
is that we are spiritual beings, as they say, having human experiences. We inhabit a body. We come from the heart of God initially. We are born of God, of creation, and we inhabit this place. This is not our home. This is where we're visiting for a while. Various different views on why we're visiting for a while. But technically, if we get right down to the heart of the alien, we're alien to this planet. We inhabit it because it was created for us to hang out for a while and learn some stuff and then hopefully make our way back to the heart of God. That's, you know, my take. So technically we're all aliens. That's where I'm going with right now. Mm. Now that doesn't answer the nuanced question of what about aliens from other planets or, you know, whatever, or other dimensions. And yeah, now you get into some other discussions. Okay. That, you know, maybe take it to a different, different place. <laughs> Yes, you had to go there, right? Twilight Zone time. Mm. All right, so they're saying 12 Central, 1 o'clock Eastern, so 11 a.m. would be, uh, what's going on tomorrow? What do I have as far as my schedule tomorrow if I could be on Stu Peter's show? I wouldn't want to say no to that, would I? That's a whole new audience for us. Uh, Yeah, it is. Okay. I think I'm open to do it. Uh, I don't think I have anything on my calendar for that time. Okay. And so it's just promoting an event that's coming up. Yeah. Okay. And what event is it? Uh, it's called, let me go back to it, the, the Restore. Restore Freedom Rally. Again, I was planning to be there, and I had forgotten about it because Payman, uh, who was at the Red Pill Expo, he's a good guy. Really, he's one of those guys really going, dude, do you understand what the internal revenue code is? It's not what you think it is, right? And he set, established a, 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 a way to address that. But um, he had invited me, but then I lost track of him and he didn't ever become official. So when Tracy invited me to be a speaker at her event, uh, I was like, I, I for completely forgot about the dates that they were the same dates. And so by the time they came back around and said, hey, can you make it to this event? I was like, oh, I'd already committed to Tracy. So I really felt bad, but Somewhere along the lines, it it was a it fell through the cracks, and I didn't get the official invite to put it on my calendar. So that that was something I wanted to do. So I'm happy to promote it, and that's going to be in the Tampa so, Bay area. Uh, Restore Freedom Conference, February second mm -hmm. through the fifth in Orlando, yep. Florida. Right. Uh, let's see here. There's going to be uh, Stu Peters is going to speak. Joe Bannister is going to be there. Mm. Uh, let's see. Excellent. Yeah, who else? Connor uh, Boyack yeah. with uh, Tuttle Twins. Nice. I mean, dude, that's a Steve great king. Great lineup. Alex Newman's going to be there. Jim Gale's going to be there. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So anyway, sometimes it happens where and it's just like the conflict I have with uh, the RSB family reunion that Leslie's hosting. She selected the date before we got a date from Red Pill Expo. Now, I'm just still debating whether I go one day there, one day there. I don't know what's going to happen because they've relied on me at Red Pill to do the emceeing duties for a number of events in a row, and we got it down cold in a good way. So, again, there's all kinds of stuff we have to deal with in life. Right. Those are, you know, double booking is awkward, but there are worse things to happen in life. You know, you figure and navigate your way around it and through it. So, Don says, yes to Stu Peter's show. Leslie says, do it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And Leslie also says she's her own boss and she knows who she is. So are you saying you are or are not an alien? By what definition? I guess we always <laughs> have to define our terms. 
Leslie, right? When we say these words, what do we mean by the word alien? You know, and th then we can kind of have a good discussion on it. Otherwise, we might be talking apples and oranges or so, something like that. Okay, Zoom, can I sit, get your email and I will send you the link? Yes. Okay, all right, let me send them that. At proton.me. Boom. There we go. All right, so that'll be a fun addition to tomorrow. I've got to pack tonight because after the show uh, tomorrow, I got to dart out and head to the airport and head to San Antonio. All so right. it's going to be a busy, busy day. I got to remember to pack tonight in the midst of everything else that's going on or a little bit in the morning because I still want to go to work out because I've only been able to hit the gym once this week. It's kind of like, ah, I want to just kick some boxes, you know. Don wants to know, what do you all do for sleepless nights? Whoa. Have we ever asked you that question, Superman? Do you ever have sleepless nights? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's just, it's mostly because I have pets, but, mm -hmm. um, the nutritional frontiers, uh, sleep time. That's been helpful. Yeah. Works good for me. Yeah. And it works good for my wife too. Yeah. Don use the code RSP 15. If you want to try that. Yeah. I would recommend that. Um, I'm, stay I'm off of, stay off of your phones. Right. And stuff like right before bed. Because that has a tendency to screw up your your ability to fall asleep. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of little tricks and stuff, but um, that's that's probably what I would I would recommend. You know, the question you have to ask yourself though is, mm -hmm. why are you having a sleepless night? Yeah. You know, I mean, do you know why, or is it just it's just unexplained? that you're just having trouble getting to sleep. I think mm -hmm. what you want to do is trying to figure out what it is that's causing that. Yeah. You know, and there's all kinds of things that could cause that. <clears throat> yeah. If you can identify and, and that, then that's, that's. Leslie that's mentions magnesium. Uh, um, Nancy, my wife would take magnesium and we, when we moved to the more of the drier climate, it wasn't enough. And then she had the magnesium and the copper into it. Mm -hmm. And then she sleeps like a baby without a problem. Uh, I will, for me, the only time I have sleepless nights is like if I have an early morning airplane to catch. I cannot. I'm good at some things, but I cannot get my stupid mind to worry, stop worrying about sleeping through the flight, right? And so <laughs> I'm anxious and like I can tell myself I'm going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then yeah. I'm doing that all night. And I'm like, finally, I stop fighting it and I'll just lay there and rest. But it's not as restful as sleep. But if I do enough CBD, uh, then it can help take me out of that realm. But it's a lot for me. It takes a lot to get there. Uh, so that's another way to address it. Uh, but you're right to stay off of the, the electronics uh, if you can, because that keeps the mind engaged too. Yeah. You know, yeah. just try and find a way to, to, to unwind. Um, mm -hmm. You know, another another thing is exercise. That's always yeah. been a, a thing that, that makes your sleep Yeah, well, better. I sleep well because I exercise. Yeah. By the time night comes, I'm like, my body goes, yeah, you've had a really good day. Um Leslie says copper gives her so much energy for some that it does that. Yeah. Uh, for my wife, she can still sleep as long as the copper magnesium working together. So she doesn't get woken up by like a muscle cramp or anything like that. So for her, it, it works. But yeah, some people, the copper will give you a ton of energy uh, working with that magnesium at the mitochondria level. So, so what does Don say? Anxiety about uh, uh, work. Yeah, mm -hmm. that could yeah. do it. Yeah, I, I know there are people that, that have said that they 
they're worried. They're so worried about not getting enough sleep that they won't be able to wake up on time that it keeps mm-hmm. them awake. Yeah. Now, how ironic is that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, Here's but try the, try the try the sleep time. It doesn't make you groggy, um, and it just it just it just puts you out, mm-hmm. but not in a like a, a a sedative kind of a way. Now, uh, Bolden says CBN. Do you mean CBD or is it CBN? No, I think it's THC. CBN. C- is it CBN? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dude, there's all kinds of different uh, cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that we always talk about are CBD and THC. Yeah. But there's just there's just a whole bunch of different ones, and they all have their own unique um, properties. Mm-hmm. And so CBN would be one of those. Yeah. They have isolated different ones for different reasons. Who wants to meet me in Geneva, Switzerland? (laughs) I'm talking with the folks that are putting this on from the Inspired Summit. They've got an international health health freedom symposium of some kind. And they've asked me to uh, present and and maybe even MC. And I'm like, dude, it's been a while since I've been in Switzerland. It's one of my favorite countries, one of the most beautiful countries on the planet. I had great many trips when I was younger doing... Your rail passes through Europe and stuff. I got friends everywhere. Uh, and it uh, looks like the end of May, the early June, somewhere in that cusp, like we're at the end of February, uh, end of January, early February mile. But it would be like that for the end of May, early June, that there'll be a big event in Geneva, Switzerland, international event. And some of the docks that we know are flying in from America, but we got people from all over. How cool would it be? Because I haven't broadcast from Switzerland yet, I don't think. No. Would that, that be I fun? I think That'd that would be, be fun. Awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite places. All right. So over on Rumble, Mayor Gabriel checked in. Um, so hello, Mayor Gabriel and California Condor over there. I think we are caught up at this point on Facebook. How we done? You, you put that... Uh, comment from Bolden. So I think that's all I've got. Let me see what we've got going on tomorrow. Tomorrow we have got Jonathan Emord and Brian Festa. Oh, nice. On the show. Nice. Brian Festa, we haven't had on a while and he does such great work too. Yeah. But we'll get updates from Emord. So that'll be great. He wrote a new article at Town Hall that we'll cover. And then on Friday, Lisa Hill and Michael Bolden. So, uh, what can I? So we can cover any health, political, <clears throat> economic, la di da. Uh, let's see, Leslie. I've got some new things happening. Hope to share soon. All right, cool. Will there will there be a podcast coming out about it? All right, Leslie's excited to see you on the Stu Peter show. Yeah, I just got another message. It's like, wait, you're not going to it. I thought they were going to cancel me, and then they said. Uh, could we speak on another topic with Steve tomorrow? Yeah, 
Absolutely. So I, I just threw out some other ideas. We can Steve? Cover. Uh, Stu. I'm sorry, Stu. Oh, okay. I misread that. So I just... All uh, right. Well, just don't talk to him about Israel. Uh, where is he at on that? Just You just don't want to talk to him about Israel. Okay. Well, look, yeah. you know, I don't even like to talk about the whole stuff yeah. because yeah. It, it's one of those Kobe Ashimaru uh, topics, yeah. right? There's no win. People are entrenched on either side. Uh, and you can't speak sense about, you know, yeah. the butt ugliness of war uh, in this regard. It's only one way or the other. And it's like, good Lord, it's just such topics like that are not fun to talk about unless you, you, you thrive on, you know, antagonistic energy, anger, you know, hatred and stuff. I, I just don't thrive there. I don't like that. Mm. So for me, ah, man, I just, we have mentioned it, but I've, you know, I, I, I kind of let the, the, the first day that it happened that we spoke about it speak as the overview. And I don't think I've changed my perspective on it since that time, but right. the, the, Oh, the absolute hatred that is just spewing. It's just, you know, and I don't like it from any side, quite honestly, but uh, that's why I just, you know, I don't find that there's a way you can talk about it that really moves the, the needle, so to speak in a, in a way that's positive. And I don't like to be defeatist in that regard, but I know my limitations, I guess. But, it, you know, if I do talk about it, I have to bring in the very unpopular, or I don't know if it's popular topic of reincarnation, because the only thing that makes sense is that people are just so stupid. And because they don't remember that they've done it before on the other side, that if they you have talk to go, about reincarnation on the Stu Peter show, you'll never be on that show again. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think it's a good topic for no. us. For tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, nope yeah so so all right cool well, so we'll leslie you, leslie you tell me what i should talk about because she wants me on the Stu peter show tomorrow uh and uh i'll, I'll go with that i just kind of threw out some ideas as a homeopath and health stuff and you know so he's going to want to talk about something that's going to be edgy so yeah, yeah you're going to want to talk about something that's uh um scandalous yeah in some way <clears throat> big pharma so elizabeth jordan Stu peter show cool all right create got it all right let's see what happens there uh speak the truth without offending lol you're good at that thank you leslie yeah, I enjoy doing that. That's true, no matter what. Dawn says, talk about EMF. Yeah, I could do that too, said. All right, uh, Robert Scott, oh, Chris says this. All right, let me see if I can put that up there. You can be anti-war without taking sides by advising the U.S. doesn't fund or arm either side. Yes, Chris, and you know I agree with that. Again, it's a, just a tragedy that we have been funding both sides of the war wars for years going back to World War II, at least, you know, when you see that, uh, you know, indus wealthy industrialists, monopolists had funded the rise of Hitler's Germany, too. And then we fought him. It's like, you know, all wars are bankers wars. And we get into the globalism and all of that. And, and as I said, if we had left them alone, and this was Ron Paul's position, if you leave them alone, they'll find a way to make peace because it's in their both the best interest, ultimately. But as long as you have superpower, so to speak, feeding, fomenting and supplying all that hatred and bombs, they're going to use them. But that's the military industrial complex Eisenhower warned us about now controlled by the pharmaceutical industrial complex. So, yes, Chris, with you there. 
but I admit I'm human. I have biases too. So, uh, you know, like I said, that's why even if I do that, there's going to be some bias that comes through. That's going to be like, Oh, well, you're, you're one of them. I'm going to hate you now. Right. And I, you know, I don't want to instigate that in any way. So let's see. Okay. I've got a, uh, top of the hour. I call it my healing ministry consultation, uh, where, you know, some people are in desperate need and, Ooh, that's a good one. What are your thoughts on trace Travis Kelsey? Ooh, we could have fun with that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Pharmaceutical stooge. I could do that. Yeah. I don't mind talking about that at all. I have opinions. <laughs> they found something. That's a good producer. Like, I wonder about this. What do you think? <coughs> We're planning for tomorrow's uh, appearance. Let's start. Let's set that for the topic then. Cool. I like it. All right. So we got a starting point. Travis Kelsey reportedly made 20 million from Pfizer vaccine commercials, 6 million more than his uh, salary. So, yeah, I'll roll with that. That could be fun. Sounds good. All right, we All got right. it. Hey, let's, so, yeah, anyway, like I here. said, I was going to do some 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 uh, uh, help for someone that I mentioned earlier, uh, 20-something-year-old suffering with uh, uh, ALS, right? Like, this is ridiculous. Uh, but see if we can get to the bottom of it, if I can provide some kind of help from afar. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to do it. And, you know, seriously, all of y'all that support the show, whether it's to support our sponsors or to be a direct supporter through Patreon, that allows me to, you know, give back to, you know, to do these, you know, opportunities when people are in need and they have no, you know, they don't know where else to go. And uh, I don't have time to hang a shingle, you know what I mean? But um, I'm here for a lot of my purposes for healing. And if I have an opportunity to talk to someone, and this is the whole family, apparently I'll be talking with and they're in need. I'm honored and, and humbled to be able to serve in whatever way I can. And I don't ever pretend that I know the answer, but certainly can help in, in you know, narrowing down some options and pathways forward because I don't think these kids should be suffering from neurological degradation. Now, you know, who am I to say I don't, what I think someone need, should or should not be, but you, you get the spirit with which I, I present that. Yeah. So, hmm. <sighs> Anyway, all right, well, that was a good show today, I thought. A lot of engagement, even though we sort of thought we were going to have a guest, and then we didn't, and then we did, and then we didn't. <laughs> so if you can change the – oh, you already had figured that out, didn't you? So you don't have to change anything because we, we we heard that Tracy wasn't going to be there. So go do laundry, Leslie. Get out of here. You're bothering me. You're not bothering me, Leslie. It's always good to see you and know that you're here. Thank you so much for your prayers as well and everybody out there. Uh, Stu Peters tomorrow, apparently at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time, I think. And we'll see how, how it goes. First time on the Stu Peters show. That's kind of kind of interesting. And go. with that, Super D, any sage advice and wisdom before we wrap it up? <laughs> um, sage advice. No, I don't. Okay. I, I, I'm all out of sage advice today. You're all out of, how about just sage? Any sage? sage? Yeah, I'll try and cook something with some sage in it. Is that okay. something you put in food? 
Sage. Yeah, you can. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I think of it more of like a, a you know, a garnish to like a, a stuffing, right? Turkey stuffing. Oh yeah, so that's right. That. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting acquainted with, uh, with, with cooking a lot more now. Mm-hmm. So I used smoked paprika last night on the chicken. That's way better than what you used to smoke. Just saying. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Later. Later.